Ladies and gentlemen, good morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you are in the world, and whenever you are tuning into this video. My name is James Porcelli. And I'm Brian Thomas. And welcome to another episode of Ruthless Talk. Today is one pack jam of a show. There is a lot to talk about, um, especially what has gone on in the wrestling world over the past 48 hours or so. Um, of course, today is Thursday, so we're going to be talking some AEW Dynamite. And of course, there's a lot of build, lots to talk about with this show, of course, with Double or Nothing. You've got, of course, All In at Wembley Stadium in the UK. That's going to be building up in this coming summer. But we're going to get into that in just a second because a lot has happened, Brian, over the last yeah. few days, um, not just in, uh, with AEW, but of course with WWE. Um, as uh, NXT uh, Spring Breakin' um, was this past Tuesday. Of course, you guys know we like to talk a little bit of NXT. It's kind of honestly the only semblance of of positive, positive lights, especially in the professional wrestling world, at least over the past several weeks. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that in results to, or in regards to the draft, about potentially um, some NXT call-ups that could be drafted um, as the draft starts this Friday for Friday Night SmackDown, and that will go on into Monday Night Raw, which is going to be this coming Monday. And how uh, there is a possibility, and I'm going to throw some names out uh, once we get into it about NXT talents that are probably on their way to main roster bound. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that. MJF and a tweet that he sent out in regards to today's wrestling fan about the bangers and the flips and dives and the flippity doos. And of course, we've talked a lot about that stuff over the past several oh, yeah. months and pretty much ever since we've started this platform. Uh, so MJF spoke highly about that. And of course, that tweet was deleted, I'm sure. Tony Khan or some other suits and ties <laughs> told him to delete the tweet. The um, young bucks. I, I wish you I, <laughs> right. And um, and of course, um, something else that's also came up, which is a new lawsuit with WWE. Uh, you can't really be shocked, right? It's Vince McMahon and WWE. But a new lawsuit, guys, has broke out in regards to racial discrimination and some scripts that have been have been written in the past in regards to a former employee named Brittany Abrams. Um, we'll get into a little bit of that as well. So before we start with WWE NXT, and of course, after following all of that, we will get into AEW Dynamite and this entire show. But before we get into all of that, I got a shout out to my New York Knicks, man. The New York Knicks <laughs> are on their way to the second round of the NBA playoffs for the first yeah, time in over 10 years your boy is hype your boy's rocking the orange and blue skies because it's nothing but orange and blue skies in charlotte north carolina uh, <laughs> who do they got uh, who are they playing in the second round they they are playing the miami heat in the second okay. round so and then of course if, if you if you're in uh an old school basketball fan you know the heat the knicks back in the day the yeah knicks and the heat back in the day exactly so that's Absolutely. gonna be a really fun series uh, but yeah, so the Cleveland Cavaliers, yeah, they're a bunch of frauds. They can go home. <laughs> Knicks in freaking five. Let's freaking go. I know my man David watching. <laughs> my man, he he covers the Knicks as many other New York sports. I know he's watching. So freaking let's go, baby. Freaking orange and blue skies. Let's freaking go. Right. All on. right. So with all that being said, I had to just I had to get that out, man. I had to get my fandom out there. So as well as of course, you know, Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets as well. Just you know, It'll again, New York sports and everything is just going insane right now. Yeah. But, Let's shift our gears back over to uh, 
to, to WWE and, uh, and wrestling over here. So uh, NXT Spring Breaking, and Brian, I'm going to send this off to you in just a second. So NXT Spring Breaking, guys, if you haven't uh, had a chance to check it out, I highly recommend you do so because it was a very, very solid show. And I can't help but think about just some NXT call-ups or some potential NXT talents, I should say, that are um, especially after these shows uh, or after the show is mm -hmm. probably going to be main roster bound. One name I can think of is Grayson Waller. Um, Grayson Waller, I mean, he's already been at the top in the main event scene in NXT. He's competed for the NXT championship on numerous occasions. He's been in a major, uh, really, really, you know, a, a feud that was very, what's the word I'm looking for? Just very well put together. And it was just <clears throat> very captivating, um, with Shawn Michaels. Um, of course that whole match, of course, with Johnny Gargano, um, in the WrestleMania weekend, uh, match that they had. Um, as well as Pretty Deadly, um, a tag team named Pretty Deadly um, in a match that they were in against Tony D'Angelo and Stax, known as The Family. Um, and again, and also a name is also Roxanne Perez. Uh, Roxanne Perez, of course, who was your former NXT champion, your current champion now is Indy Hartwell. You know, Roxanne Perez, again, another person who has been in the main event scene in NXT. Um, and honestly, there's really nothing much for these people to do because Brian, and I'm going to send this off to you once I make this statement at this <clears> point, it's, they're kind of overstating their welcome at this point. You know what I mean? Because like, there's nothing really much that they can honestly do in NXT. And I know it's like, <laughs> we're always hesitant about NXT call uh, NXT talents mm -hmm. who are doing so well in NXT. And we're so hesitant about these people going to the main roster because they're probably going to get ruined. Their character's going to get changed. But again, but the longer they stay at NXT, to be honest with you, Brian, the more it's just going to overstate their welcome. And I don't know. It's just like it's it's just going to be weird up until that point. To me, like the send off a great example. Right. Again, is uh, Grayson Waller. He had a tremendous match with Carmelo Hayes. He's already been in the main main event scene. Like there's nothing else more he can do. This is a tremendous right. send off uh, for him to go into the draft as well as pretty deadly. If you guys didn't watch the match with Tony D'Angelo and stacks. It was at this match started off the night. It was like, I forget the stipulation of the match, but like the match would end. There was like a, a car backstage and you had to, you had to put two, both of the men in the trunk of the car and close the lid, um, to win the match. Um, and then pretty much like toward, and this is why I love freaking NXT, um, freaking Tony D'Angelo and stacks. They drive off in that car. And pretty much the story was told that they pretty much just thrown they just thrown the two in <laughs> the, the, the river into the, the freaking river. I whatever, just thought yeah. it was freaking awesome. That's a great <clears throat> send off, right? Like, like what else does Pretty Deadly need to freaking do? That's a great to me. That's a a pretty decent send off to to take some you know to take your active wrestlers uh, to the main roster. So um, I'll mention some more names in just a second. But Brian, your thoughts about uh, NXT Spring Breaking? Um, your thoughts about NXT as a whole right now? And uh, you know, the names I just mentioned and, and some other names, maybe, I don't know if you can think of at, at the moment right now that could potentially get uh, called up to the main roster in regards to this draft. Yeah, to be honest, um, man, I, with this draft in particular, I, do, I really don't know, <laughs> honestly, what's, yeah. you know, what's going to happen, what's coming. Company, I mean, yeah. right. Uh, even more so, I feel, though, <laughs> like this time, um, I mean, you know, if, if, it, if it was a me, I guess, I mean, yes, I would say, like, you know, Braun Breaker is ready to come, but he just turned heel 
and he's starting this run here. So, I, I mean, I don't know if you call him up. Uh, Grayson Waller, yeah, not another great name, a guy that could could be on your main roster. Um, unfortunately, going to this NXT show, uh, it looks like he did suffer a legit injury. So, um, hopes for a speedy recovery, recovery to him. Hopefully, it's not too bad. Um, you know, I was watching the match, like, after after it happened when, uh, you know, Carmelo was, you know, about to set up for his finisher. You can see the ref come over and, you know, says something to him. And I, I, I could have misunderstood, but it sounded like to me that Grayson said it's gone, meaning, like, he blew out his knee or something like that. I'm not really sure. Um, anyway, it's obvious that, that – I and even the way he kind of, like, after the pin, the way he rolled out of the ring like that, like, it – it really did seem like a legit injury. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, if he was getting ready to come up, I mean, that's just fucking horrible timing. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Pretty deadly. Um, I honestly don't know much about him as a tag team. I mean, I've seen him here and there on NXT. Um, I would just, to me, and again, like I said, I haven't seen much of them, but to me, they didn't strike me as, like one of the more dominant tag teams, maybe I'm wrong within NXT. So that would just make me question if you're like, you're calling them up, what, just to be like jobbers to, you know, I, I don't know. Um, so yeah, there, I don't know. There, there's a lot up in the air. Like I said, this, I, to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if there's no NXT call-ups in this draft or, yeah, who or knows, whatever. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see, man. I, I really, <laughs> I really have no clue, man. Um, but going back to the NXT show, yeah, it, it was a pretty good show. Um, again, you know, we've we've talked about it before. Like, as far as storylines go, that that seems to be the most consistent of the major shows right now. Um, another uh, unfortunate injury, um, Indy Hartwell. Uh, yeah. Looks like she suffered a pretty, you know. Yeah, Who knows what the injury is, mm-hmm. but yeah, after, if you, if you saw the match, I mean, you could, you know, and kudos to the other two that were still in the ring who then kind of had to adjust on the fly. And yes, it looked a little, you know, kind of, I don't want to say sloppy, way, but Tiffany Stratton's moonsault. Holy yeah. shit, man. That the one where, beautiful. where she got, where Indy got her injured outside the ring no 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 the moonsault that she did in in the ring there was a moonsault the where okay. she jumped on each level of the of the of the the ring ropes and she delivered a beautiful freaking moonsault this was early on i believe in the match i got gotcha. you uh, before the injury but yeah like if you again tiffany stratton and i also like to and i'll get to the injury in just a second because and props to to indy hartwell and shout out to her because i mean to, to stand, yeah kudos I mean, just, for her kudos kind her of coming back out match. yeah and just to call mm-hmm. audibles, I'm sure on the fly. I mean, I'm sure that's not easy to do. But Tiffany yeah. Stratton, like, and again, I know, like, I, I say that name and people are not familiar with it. But guys, like, watch her work. I mean, so far, she has done a tremendous job. And here's another thing that I like about her, Brian. And like I said, we're going to get back to Indy Hartwell in just a second. She made comments. I believe this was on the Busted Open podcast or somewhere uh, or some other podcast in, in, in the wrestling community. And mm-hmm. she mentioned about how – and you don't hear this from a lot of wrestlers. She legit said, like, I don't feel like I need to be called up to the main roster right now. I still feel like I have a lot to prove. I still need to work on selling. I still need to work on in-ring psychology. And I'm like, 
the honesty from this woman is off the charts. Yeah, absolutely. You don't hear that sure. from a lot of people. So major props to her because honestly, Brian, just for, at least from what I've seen from, from a short amount of time, she's already freaking – she's already got my attention and she's already freaking talented as hell. So again, so shout out yeah. to Tiffany Stratton. Uh, but yeah, going back to the Indy Hartwell injury, um, definitely very, very devastating. Um, that injury just looked gruesome. I just, you know, yeah, just, yeah, it did. It, it, I really do feel for her, and I commend her for continuing the match. So, um, but yeah, I mean, who who knows? In, in regards to the the NXT Women's Championship, I mean, who knows where that? I mean, if if regardless, of course, of how severe this injury is, yeah, um, we'll, we'll see how uh, you know how Indy Hartwell holds on to that title. Um, especially if Roxy yes. is or Roxanne Perez is going to be on the main roster. I mean, who knows? No NXT <laughs> NXT uh, members could be, can be drafted. It could just be a bunch of raw and SmackDown superstars. Um, but if, but if Roxanne Perez is called up, the one person I can see lining up for that NXT women's championship is, T- is Tiffany Stratton. So sure. just kind of making that connection there, but Brian, continue on yeah. your, you know your thoughts with Indy Hartwell and stuff. Oh, that, that was that was pretty much it. Um, you know, hopefully it's you know I, I I don't know maybe it could just be a bad sprain or broken ankle. I mean, if if she broke her ankle, she's one, definitely going to you know yeah. yeah they'll they'll definitely have to you know create I don't know some tournament or, or some whatever to get the title in somebody else. But you mm-hmm. know if it's a sprain, you know maybe they can you know just push it off for, you know, two, three, four weeks or something, not have her on TV too much yeah, or just promos or something like that. Um, so yeah, we'll see, man. Yeah. And then the, in the last, the last uh, two superstars I want to mention before I get into this next topic, uh, Braun Breaker. Um, I know there's, you know, Braun Breaker, he's pretty much already been on the main roster before in the past as NXT champion. Um, but now with this new heel turn, there's a different there's a different perspective about things you know because here's the yeah. thing i can still see wwe pulling the trigger and calling this dude up anyway sure uh, i'm sure that this that this uh, obviously this is leading his heel run is leading to another match between him and carmelo hayes for that nxt championship and he's not going to win it anyway so we know braun breaker's time at nxt is coming to an end mm-hmm. um however and this is so. This this is where it gets it gets it gets you know tricky, right? Because Braun Breaker in this heel run has done wonders in such a short amount of time. Like the difference, how the character feels. I mean, mm. like he came out after Carmelo Hayes and Grayson Waller's title match. By the way, very solid match. By the way, yeah. yeah. Um, Carmelo Hayes. You know, I mean, I have a you know, I have different takes about Carmelo Hayes, but that's a different story for a different day. Um, you know, Braun Breaker comes out, beats the the living shit out of both men. I think it's Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams, who's a pretty much a protege of of, mm-hmm. of Carmelo Hayes. Uh, if you haven't seen this spot, this this dude Braun Breaker viciously spears Carmelo Hayes in half, dude. Through a that spear was amazing. <laughs> that was a hell of a spear. Yeah. Oh my god! And this dude's coming out of the freaking. Out of the out of the rough, like he's freaking like the like the Incredible Hulk, like it was such a cool badass scene, and I'm thinking, man, yeah, it was. Keep this going, man. If he's gonna debut on on the main roster, why waste it on a draft? I would wait Mm. to debut this debut this guy to have it to make it something meaningful. You know, why waste it on a draft? Like, why you know 
put all of these NXT talents, put all of your eggs into one basket, and like, oh, here's your NXT talents in a draft, you know, make the make the debut meaningful. Like, don't just put all of your eggs into one basket and put them put them in this draft. So, in regards to Braun Breaker, because we know that his time is coming to an end eventually in NXT, that's how I would debut Braun Breaker because we know it's going to happen sooner rather than later. Um, and with this heel character, you know. He's on his way. <laughs> I mean, I'm already hearing talks that, you know, this this company is kind of high on the dude. So if they want to rock with this heel character, with, with what he's got going, I mean, I know remains to be seen if he gets this same type of booking with the heel character. Yeah. But, but yeah, Brian, before we move on to our next topic, your thoughts about that? Yeah, I mean, it, like I said, it was, it was kind of new, um, you know, his heel turn. Um, Again, it, it just—it's weird, right? Because usually, you know, they do that after Mania, right? Which would have been a perfect time for Braun to come up, you know, after Mania. They didn't do that. Now he's been on like a three-week heel run, um, which is good. I'm liking it. I don't know. I mean, there's still there's still obviously that match they're trying to build to, you know, a rematch with Carmelo, Carmelo. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think Braun should be up, you know, on the main roster right now. But given the fact they just turned him heel and now he's doing this, I don't know. I, I think he's going to be down there for a bit longer. Yeah, um, I agree. And, and as you but I do him. like your, I do like your, you know, your, instead of doing it at the draft, you know, have him like, you know, one Thursday or, or smack or brawl or something, you know, make uh, his debut. Um, make it meaningful against somebody right right absolutely yeah absolutely um so yeah we'll we'll talk more about this um of course in regards to the draft uh we'll talk more about this of course on friday um or for friday night smackdown on saturday when we talk friday night smackdown as of course monday night raw as that draft leads all the way up into friday going into monday night raw so we'll talk more about nxt and the nxt talent uh once we get into the draft the next topic i do want to talk about brian is this uh uh, is MJF and this deleted tweet that he sent out. Now, if if you're a, if you're an OG right of this platform, you know you guys know how we feel about today's style of wrestling, right? You know, like the whole flips and dives, the whole the five star classics, the bangers, right? All these yeah. weird phrases that people want to use in today's wrestling. Well, MJF put a lot of people on blast, or pretty much put wrestling fans on blast with a tweet Mm -hmm. that he sent out. This was MJF, and I quote, you know, the more wrestling fans become bloodthirsty for these dangerous feats in the ring, the more wrestlers will hurt themselves trying to cure cure fans' favor. The fans don't understand that at any given point, we could be paralyzed from the neck down or even die from a maneuver, you know? It's like, so before you do something stupid, consider this. There is a tweet about your banger. Is the tweet about your banger going to pay your medical bills? So, like, is legit, like, is the risk sometimes worth the reward of just getting a this is awesome chant or a fight forever <laughs> yeah. chant? Before I go any further, can, can, can I just, can, can everyone just give a round of applause to, to, to MJF? Because we have been saying, yes, we have been saying that. How long have we been saying this, Brian? Pretty much every, in a nutshell, MJF has, in this tweet, has is everything that we have mentioned pretty much for months on this platform like mm-hmm. yes isn't impressive like the move sets that people like bandito 
and freaking Ray Phoenix, Commander, Kenta, Commander, freaking uh, Andretti, and AR Fox. Yes, is impressive, and does it have does it have a place? Yes, but again, it has to. It's all in regards to the moment, and it mm-hmm. does the story right itself when when doing that maneuver in that moment. Instead, like you're seeing more and more suicide dives. You're even seeing more freaking these 450 splashes. And now fans are going to move the goalpost now to where yeah. now it's not enough. I need to see a freaking, I need to see a 360 splash or a freaking, or a, a freaking, you know, uh, whatever type of freaking yeah. splash that's just impossible to do. Court school pile driver. <laughs> right. Some, a court school pile. Right. Exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I mean, guys, MJF has told no lies. You know, and I, yeah. and I wish he kept this. I wish there was a way for him to keep this tweet up so fans can pretty much freaking cry over this because they need to know the freaking truth. Because, again, no lies were detected in this tweet. And I praise MJF because we need more knowledge of people like MJF in this freaking company. Now, it's unfortunate that this tweet was taken down because, again, it it, it just sucks because of the company that he's wrestling in, because especially in a match that took place last night in regards to you know, Sammy Guevara and Darby Allen, which was a whole bunch of that type of stuff last night. And we're going to get into it, into that once we get into the show, but Brian, your thoughts, man, about this tweet and, and just this whole, this whole thing about wrestling as a whole, because to me, like this whole banger mentality and five-star rating, it's just, it's nothing but a, it's nothing but just a, a cancer to this freaking industry, honestly. Yeah, completely agree. Uh, MJF was on point, man. Um, yeah, you know, the, the shit is is dangerous. <laughs> it, it really, really is. Um, you know, you, you think about like, uh, you know, if, the, if this was a movie in Hollywood, you know, they'd be having stuntmen do this shit, right? But it, it's it's the performers, like they're, they're the storytellers, they're, they're the, the stuntmen, they're everything. Um, so yeah, absolutely. And, and like you said, like, and most of these matches, you know, especially that heavily feature that, there is no story behind it. There is no, no. There, there, it's just, it's just the match to get to the you spot. Might, you might to as get well to just the... go to a bingo hall and, and just see yeah. this great wrestling. You'll see all the great wrestlers. You'll see the same type of wrestlers like, like Action Andretti, like Commander, like Bandito, all of those guys, mm-hmm. right? But again, yeah. but this is not a bingo hall. This is freaking, this is supposed to be, this is supposed to be an entertainment show. This is supposed mm-hmm. to be a, a television show. You know what I mean? Like, and that's the problem. There's no, there's no, there's nothing behind the move in order, you know, the reason why of doing the move, there's no story leading up into the match or into the feud to do the move begin with. So nothing, it's, it's not, there's no reason. There's no reason to it. And, and I'm going to, and that's what it is. It's just, it's risking your life and your career for a pop thing for just for a cheap freaking pop from a, from, from fans, from a bunch of schmucks that, you know, that'll, that'll give like five star ratings on freaking Twitter. That's it. And it's, it's yep. sad. And, and that's where wrestlers minds at are at now where, Oh, I have to do this type of move and they have to keep trying to evolve into new move sets because, you know, I mean, we see so many, like I said, we see so many suicide dives. We see so many of a Canadian destroyer and people try to bring out new move sets until the point where again, like you mentioned, people, they're just going to hurt themselves for what? Yeah. It, it's it's the dumbest shit ever and it's funny and then mjf he responds to a fan so a fan you know he mentions on that same tweet he says 
you know, show us you can prove that you can do that. Like you can do the flips, like the, you know, the flips and the dives and the matches because, and MJ Evan, I love it. He puts this fan on blast. He says, and I quote, I can literally do the same commander rope walk, a 450, a foosberry flop, a moonsault, a Phoenix splash, all the bullshit that doesn't win you a match, right? Which is why I only did it once. <laughs> and I actually remember when he freaking did it, which is hilarious. And he's like, I laughed at the people who thought it was impressive and went back to learning the actual craft, right? And and there's a match in this show that I'm going to – that honestly represents – Me too, and I, I bet you it's the same yeah, match. Well, yep. Again, great minds think alike because I'm sure we're thinking Absolutely. the same freaking match. So. Um, but yeah, like this is what I mean. Like, and I, and, and this is a, a wrestler again. I, and I mentioned this wrestler, a legend, by the way, an ultimate warrior. This dude could not wrestle a lick. I went back and watched <laughs> right. his matches. Oh he yeah, he's fucking he was horrible. Never a, a never a great technical wrestler. But you know what? This dude checked off every single other box in his freaking in his in his arsenal. And that's why Ultimate Warrior is Ultimate Warrior today. It's not because of his flips and his dives. It's because the dude had it, right? He knew what it took to be larger than freaking life, right? I mean, mm. listen, I mean, could he, you know, it was, it was, again, he's not the greatest technical wrestler, but if you give him like maybe 10 or ish minutes, the dude could still put on a, a decent match, but he's not going to, but he's not going to wow you with his offensive movesets, nor does right. he, nor does he have to anyway. So, uh, but yeah, just to, to, again, to move on to our next topic. And of course we'll get into dynamite, uh, Brian, your, your final thoughts in regards to MJF's response to, to the fan that I just mentioned and your final thoughts in, in regards to all this. I mean, you know, I know I'm old school and come from a different era, but I mean, gosh, I, w I would love wrestling to go back to predominantly, um, you know, I, not eliminating flips in the, cause there's always been like high flyers and risk takers in wrestling, yeah. but like, but just to, to, to feature more storytelling and feuds and matches that mean something and have reason behind it. Just to slow things um, down and let yep. things breathe. Like everything happens so fast. Nobody sells everybody. And that's the thing too. It's just like, you, you see these types of matches, like nobody's selling. Everybody just has to get right <laughs> back up and going right back into the next into the next spot, and it and that's yeah. when wrestling actually looks, you know, again fake. <laughs> and I don't like using uh, that term at all. Uh, yeah, I'm, this isn't like the first time I've noticed it, but it, there was a couple spots here, you know, throughout this match, and it happens every show. But like, yeah, so all these guys, like the high flyers, the top flights, or whatever, right? It's a frenetic pace the whole match, right? You know, whipping back and forth through the, you know, through the ropes, you know, one side of the ring to the other, and blah blah blah. And so it's it's you're you're maintaining this pace for a, a, a portion of the match, and then they have to go like set up for thirty seconds to to do some fucking ridiculous move. They do the springboard thing on the on the top rope or whatever. Or any any move, or just any like move, if yeah. you want to take them up to the top but rope. Maybe that and springboard like, move because the the NXT triple threat match. And listen, I love all the three of those ladies. That match was so freaking ugly. That was honestly one of the worst <laughs> matches out of the card. But again, the mat the the show overall was 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 tremendous. But that match, very ugly. You know, very, very ugly spots. And one of them was, um, and I believe it, ha I believe it was Roxanne Perez that did the springboard on the, on the ropes and you have Stratton and Indy Hartwell holding onto her hands. And again, it just looks so sloppy. It's just like, mm -hmm. it, it's just, it looks terrible because they, they, they just have to stand there holding her hand 
and it just look, it looks yeah, like Yeah, that one, like, she, with. yeah, where it was literally like she was standing there with her hands out yeah, waiting to catch it's her. Like, yeah, you know, it's, we, we see that's what I mean. Long. It's we, we see that enough over, you know, Wednesday nights, NXT, like, enough. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's what I, I mean, know. like, stuff like that, where, like, the whole match is this fast-paced thing, and then, because... Not, if you're attempting this, like, absolutely, you should make sure everything is secure before you do yeah, it. of course. But the whole match is fast, and then, like, you put them up on the top rope to do, like, a fucking Canadian Destroyer. You're like, hold on, you know, put your arm over here and let me get your yeah. leg. And it just takes too long to it set up. so bad. It looked, yeah. Right, Exactly, right. taking too long to set up. Exactly. So. Yeah. But, yeah, so, and, 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 and like I said, we, we've spoken, you know, a lot about this. So uh, <laughs> right. I'm sure people know where we stand in regards to the situation, but I'm just glad that MJF and, uh, and I don't know who knows. I mean, maybe MJF not only upset uh, or upset, you know, management, but who knows, maybe some wrestlers in the back who freaking knows. But again, it has to be said, it has to be yeah, said. people. If people sure. want to get sensitive, then that's their freaking problem. Uh, but mm-hmm. MJF told no freaking lies. And I'm glad that somebody, at least somebody in this industry just freaking gets it. So, before we get into Dynamite, there's one last thing I do want to mention, and that is this new lawsuit um, that has broken out um, in, in regards to WWE and Vince McMahon. Um, apparently, there is a woman named Brittany Abrams um, that has pretty much filed a lawsuit in regards to pre- uh, racial discrimination um, that was a former employee of WWE in regards to scripts, WWE scripts in television. Um, people in, in no characters involving Apollo Cruz and that whole, no, n- that Nigerian character and, and having to put on an accent, you know, to sound more Nigerian, uh, mm-hmm. Bianca Belair in regards to, you know, quote unquote ghetto, like ghetto type of, you know, stuff in, in regards, people know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, and, and, and many others, I believe Mans- Mansour, Manswa, whatever his name is now in WWE. <laughs> Um, and, and a few others as well. Um, and, and, and nothing, nothing much has been stated. I mean, obviously we haven't heard anything from WWE, um, in, in regards to this situation. Um, no, no doubt this is a horrible look. Um, and, and it's honestly not surprising because I mean, there is stuff in the past as well that can kind oh, of yeah. prove that WWE has, you know, at times kind of come down this type of path in the past, but I don't know. There's just something, I don't know. Again, and we'll, we'll talk more about this and I don't want to harp too much about this situation. Cause you know, I do want to get into dynamite at some point here, but I don't know. To me, there has, there, there has to be more about this lawsuit than what we know, if that makes sense. Um, you know, and, and again, who knows? I mean, once they file, you know, court cases and all that stuff. We'll know more information and all that stuff. But uh, I don't know. It just seems really weird. Very weird timing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but who knows? But Brian, I know, uh, I don't know how how much you know about this situation, but uh, your, your thoughts in regards to this new lawsuit and everything as a whole here. Yeah, I don't know much about it. Um, but just in, I mean, do... Hmm. Do I believe that, you know, racism had has played a part in the locker room and with Vince McMahon and wrestling in general? Fucking absolutely. Um, whether whether she'd be able to prove that in court with a script or a storyline, I don't know. Um, but yeah, no, no doubt this is 
you know, things of this nature, you know, have taken place and, you know, have happened throughout the years in the industry. And, you know, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's a, you know, any, just look at the United States in general. I mean, these are all people living here. It's just a business. Of course it happens and exists and whatever. Um, You know, I can remember back to, I even think about like, who's, who's been champion, right? Who's, who's ever, how many African-Americans have been world champion or, or minorities in general? Like I can remember back uh, when Ron Simmons won the um, WCW title back in the, this might've been the early, early to mid nineties, maybe. Um, I mean, like he's a guy that he was a superstar um, and, but, but never, he made it to, you know, to the mountaintop that one brief little moment in WCW. Um, and even I can remember back then, like, uh, you know, not not from WCW itself, but like um, the general backlash to having a black champion. You know, I mean, the shit was real, and and that's yeah. this is WCW based mm-hmm. more in the South. Absolutely, um, I think uh, JYD Junkyard Dog. Um, you know, at least in the WWE. You know, I, I know he was coming, kind of coming to. Well, I mean, he was there for quite a bit. Um, and maybe this is just me as a kid. He was one of my favorite wrestlers. But I know, I mean, he was a mid-carder, you know, mostly his entire career. Um, but he was a he was a guy that could have got a push. Um, so, yeah, is it, does it happen? Is it happening? Has it happened? 100% absolutely. Can she prove it in court? I don't know. Probably not, yeah. So, Especially yeah. with all the friends. <laughs> amount of suit and ties that WWE will have and oh, yeah, sure. defending this case right. or whatever. So yeah, I mean, the odds are definitely not in her favor, of course, but um, yeah. to kind of wrap this up. Um, and of course we'll talk more about this once we know more, because there's same in regards to the Sam Punk situation that I mentioned on the, on the raw review a couple days ago, not much information has been, you know, pretty much leaked out. There's not much that we know of. So mm-hmm. I definitely want to do more research in regards to this whole lawsuit and what's going on here. And, you know, who knows again, maybe there's, there's more to this lawsuit than what we know of, honestly, but I know Brit, uh, Brit Baker, but Bianca Belair, um, she mentioned like there was a comment that she made how she wasn't, you know, she wasn't, she acknowledged the fact like, yeah, like the whole, you know, her, obviously her character, right. She has like the, the earrings and everything. You know, there was talks about like in scripts when she would start fights, like how she would take the earrings off or whatever, like the ghetto portion of it. She acknowledged that aspect of like, yeah, they always wanted to make me do that. But she never Hmm. claimed that she was offended, uh, at least from what I have what I have uh, what I have uh, researched of. Um, Obviously, of course, you have the freaking the Nigerian accent stuff, which is definitely, you know, understandable. Right. And then there's the whole thing with Mansoor about a script about um, in regards to relations of nine 11. So that is where oh. I'm sure the envelope. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so again, it's just, a, it's just a mess, man. Um, yeah. <laughs> it, it's just, and how ironic is it that I don't know, maybe it's the fact that, you know, Vince McMahon, he's back in power and, and, the, and Brittany Abrams, this woman now files this lawsuit now. Um, probably, probably it wouldn't shock me if that's the case, but uh, but we'll know more about this this situation. Yeah, the the pitch, the whole nine eleven pitch was like pitching Mansoor to be behind a nine eleven attack, 
um, and Bianca Belair. <laughs> That's just too. a bad taste, man. Yeah, like, a, yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah, I mean, a, now again, Belair in her situation, she's objected to being to an offen- to the line being offensive. Um, so, but again, not much more we can we can discuss in regards. You know, nothing has really been said in regards to right. WWE. This has kind of been, at least for now, been water under the bridge. So. Uh, but moving forward, you know, uh, you know, once we know more about this situation, as this just is legit a, a mess of its own, um, and you know, it's it's bad enough that Vince McMahon has gotten his way back into power, like we mentioned in previous episodes. But yep. now, once you ha- you have this brand new freaking lawsuit, um, it's always something, Brian. It's 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 always freaking something <laughs> yeah. with Vince McMahon and this freaking company. So, but and here's um, the thing, man. Like like I said a few episodes ago, like you know. Nine out of ten things that people would say, you know, Vince McMahon did or is guilty of, yeah, he probably did. But he's a billionaire in America. He's, you know, ain't shit going to happen to him. I mean, it just, it's, you know, I mean, okay, I don't know, maybe, maybe somehow, uh, you know, down the road, somebody does wrestle power away from him from the company. Okay, I mean, the man's still a fucking billionaire. Like, what, you know. It, it, it's yeah, no, it, it doesn't regardless, matter. <laughs> regardless, I mean, this is a tremendous bad look, man. And and if yeah, this, yeah. If these reports are true about this. And I have no like, doubt they're true. I I it, I have no question disgusting. in my mind. That's disgusting, man. Honestly, and again, mm-hmm. yeah, and I'm, I'm sure there's truth to it. There's 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 no doubt. There has to be some semblance of truth, especially yeah. like what we know about this company in the past of doing, you know, maybe not to this extent, but something similar of what they've done in the past, but. Uh, of course, like I said, in regards to my point of view, I want to know more about this situation, so we'll keep you guys updated. But, yeah, man, at the end of the day, regardless of how true this is, this is a horrible, and I mean horrible look, not just for Vince McMahon, but this entire freaking company, especially mm-hmm. with the new freaking deal that they – the new deal, the new sale that they just made with, and, with Endeavor and the UFC because I'm sure now they also play ties and, you know, ties into this with this whole – sale because now they're doing business together so whatever yeah. fa- affects vince mcmahon also affects endeavor and ufc so uh but we'll i mean the way this is going to end is you know it'll probably end with some payment you know and non-disclosure Maybe, agreement yeah. signed i mean that's how you know who knows because they have the money to do so <laughs> exactly exactly they have the money exactly that's what vince yeah. mcmahon he's a freaking billionaire right and he has the yep. money to just pay off you know, whatever allegation he can get himself out of. Right. So yeah. uh, we'll, we'll talk more about this once we know more information. And we're, and of course the CM Punk situation um, to me, that situation, I spoke about it on the, the raw review. I don't really think it's that much to really hype about. I think, you know, punk, you know, punk, there was talks about him and uh, going, you know, of course there is, it is true. The dude was in the arena on Monday night raw. He mm-hmm. was in the, he yeah. was in Chicago backstage um, but there, I heard, there's reports about you know him trying to make amends with some wrestlers. That's why there there was talks with the Miz, and talks with Tamina and others. Um, and you know, and maybe there was just you know, I I don't know how true it is that Vince McMahon called up WWE and said, "Get Punk." He's like, "Get Punk out of my arena now!" It's like he's right. such a punk, <laughs> right? Like I highly doubt that. That I I I find it hard to believe that that was legit the case, but. Uh, but again, I, I need to know more in regards to that situation. But um, and of course, in regards to NXT Spring Breaking, um, it's going to be interesting to see where all that ties up as well as we get closer to the draft. 
and uh, mm-hmm. who knows what uh, if any NXT or just or who knows all of NXT members can just be involved in this draft. Like I mentioned, you know, people like Core Jade, uh, Rhea, uh, Braun Breaker, Pretty Deadly, Grayson Waller. Who freaking knows, man? Especially yeah. regards to WWE, you never freaking know. You just got you gotta you gotta do this, Brian. You just gotta. I tell you, you know, it's it just not that I'm not necessarily in a positive note tomorrow. I'm just I'm just really interested to see how this draft goes. Yeah. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah really, I don't goes, know. Yeah. I don't know who freaking knows who freaking yeah. knows. I, I have, <laughs> I don't trust it, but it's right, right. going to be, it, it's going to be interesting to see, especially NXT, um, mm-hmm. where, where they go about business. So with all that being said, that is probably the longest cold open I think we've ever done <laughs> on this freaking platform, but, uh, let's get into AEW dynamite. Of course, there's a lot to talk about there. Um, guys, also make sure that you follow us on TikTok. We are just a handful of followers away from hitting 100 followers on TikTok already. So make sure you guys follow us on TikTok. Yeah, thank Same you very much. Instagram, that is ruthless underscore talk. Um, so make sure you guys follow us on there. Uh, we are, you know, we publish a lot of content over there as well, especially, of course, join our Facebook group and also follow us on Instagram. And of course, regardless whether you're watching this on Spotify, or Apple Podcasts, we appreciate you listening and being a part of this community. So, with all that being said, it is finally time to get into AEW Dynamite. This was April 26, 2023, live in Sunrise, Florida. Our number one starts off with Orange Cassidy. Good old Orange Cassidy. Back to the back, back to the same shtick. Back to the same shtick, you know, making his making his walk to junior high school with freaking in a match against Bandito. Um, and the match, of course, is you guessed it, yep, for that all Atlantic championship or all international championship, AEW International Championship, whatever the frick they want to call it. Again, going back to the same freaking match that they have been having. You know, and, and here's the thing too. They've actually done AEW over the past several weeks have done have done a decent job to at least yep. tell to do something different, right? They're mm-hmm. they, the past several weeks they've been doing stuff a little bit differently, and then this week they just said screw it, let's let, let's call out the old old reliable, which is Orange Cassidy starting off in right. a freaking match. Oh man, you just you gotta freaking love it. You gotta freaking love it. Again, no, no, again, that's no shade to Orange Cassidy, but it's just like, come on, man. So yeah, he's in a yeah. match with Bandito. Match time, guys, was legit 15 minutes uh, in length. Bandito hits a power slam and a frog splash from the top rope. Um, Orange Cassidy kicks out at two and nine tenths. Orange Cassidy, when it's all said and done, wins this match via the Orange Punch and a beach break power bomb. Uh, Post match, the the guys like legit just freaking like for orange cat orange cassidy's putting on his freaking sunglasses oh, it's horrible shit. yeah I, it's... I mean just showing mutual respect i'm like guys what the fuck i'm again i might as well just go to a bingo hall S- seriously like this is i mean oh my god like i, I seriously i'd rather pay freaking I, I would just rather just pay tickets right that's a little bit cheaper to go to a bingo hall because i'm gonna get the same thing that i'm gonna get on AEW television it, it is absolutely there's nothing this all Atlantic, the international championship, all Atlantic, whatever the hell you want to call this title, it, it is the it, it is the most. I mean, it's up there with the TNT title of how irrelevant this fucking title is. Seriously, it's yeah. that it's that bad. I, I can't I can't think of one one legit feud about this title. Not even a feud. 
Not, not even nope. one. It's all just been freaking matches. I, I, I mean, is that what this title is? I, I don't understand. I, I don't understand what we're doing, and we're and it's bad enough we're starting the night off with this. So they fight, you know, they fight, you know, you know, battle, you know, blow to blow, punch for punch for 15 minutes. And then they just hug, they kiss it out. And they're like, oh, they're best friends. They're, you know, oh, let me put your sunglasses on and shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> Great start. Yeah. Great freaking start. Brian, your thoughts, if you have any in, in this opening match. Yeah, just uh, you, like you mentioned, you know, it was a good like three week run there where, you know, they they. Did Bandito. something different to start the show, but Bandito now Orange Cassidy. People. Yeah, like I yeah. really, I was really on the edge of my seat because I really thought that Bandito was going to take the title from Orange Cassidy. Like, <laughs> right. what the fuck is thinking this crap? But again, I yeah. don't know, continue. So he's starting the show off again already. That's that's a that's a shitter in my opinion. Um, it's a waste of time. But. To the match itself, um, and I get it, you know, or it's it's Orin Cassidy. He's 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 talented as shit. I mean, like the stuff we that he can yeah, do, absolutely talented. But he's more of a comedy act. Yeah. Um. So like throughout this match, it was just to me, it was just way too many shticks, right? Like you know, Orange Cassidy, of course, he keeps trying to do the hands in the pockets. Well, then he takes Bandito's hands and puts them in his pocket. Um. There's another thing too with like Bandito did it a couple of times. Like, I don't know. It's just starting to bug me. I guess I don't know if this is an AEW thing, but so with like Kenny Omega, right? He he does like the you know pointing pointing the gun like the V trigger and whatever. Well, now like Art Anderson's doing it, Bandito's doing it. Like, what is that? Like, <laughs> I I don't know because it just seemed like Kenny Omega's thing, right, to do his moves. But now everybody's just kind of doing it. So I, I don't know what that is, um, you know. There was a there was a spot where I guess it was like maybe like a pop up diamond cutter, but like Bandito missed the cutter. I mean, it, like if you go back and yeah. watch, I mean, yeah. it, it, it <laughs> yeah. didn't even hit it. No. Um, and then there's another spot where like or a couple more spots where uh, Orange Cassidy goes up to the top rope, Bandito follows him. You know, it's kind of like. You know, are they going to suplex off the top rope? Whatever. Uh, so he pushes Bandito off. I think Bandito's getting ready to run up, you know, on the top rope again. But like you mentioned with the female match over at NXT, he just stands there literally with his arms out waiting for Cassidy to jump off into his arms. It just looks fucking horrible. Um, yeah, and then like kind of like right after that, I guess Cassidy's going for the mousetrap roll-up. But again, it's like these moves and these spots they do, like, it's like, hold on, like, give me your leg. No, no, bring your leg over here. Or give me your arm over there. And it just, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It, it just, it takes you out of the match, right? It, it yeah. kind of, it, it just, so yeah, like all in all, and at the end of the match where, okay, like you want to, you know, not that this was a big deal, but it just kind of go, it just, Let's it's the nothing. overall shittiness, like where, He's oh, trying to put the glasses on, but they're not. Yeah, it, they're it was best friend. No, and then, no, no pun intended to the actual team that's called best friends. But like, they just become best friends. <laughs> right. It's like, like this is what they put on pen to paper. We're gonna have orange. We're gonna have orange Cassidy and Bandito in a. This is like a. This is what a six year old would freaking write on in green crayon. Let's have a match with Orange Cassidy and Bandito. They'll have a banger of a match. And then after the match, and then they'll, they'll be just friends. embrace, and then they'll hug, <laughs> and then 
I'll ha- and then have Orange Cassidy put on Bandito's glasses. It's gonna look so cool. They're best buds. It looks really cool. Oh my god. So, yeah. Seriously? Seriously. I just wasted you know what I could have done with fifteen minutes of my life, Brian? I, I could have freaking I, I-, I could have freaking call I could have called up freaking you know, one of my buddies about something like seriously. And I mean, it was a waste of time. Let's and nothing. This title. I mean, get, get rid of this. I mean, if this is what you're going to do, this title, get, get rid of it. Uh, honestly, yeah. it's I'm just I'm done. You know, I'm not a fan of just well, like you rid said, of titles like... just to get rid of them. But if this is what you're doing, you're, you're better off not having it on your show. Seriously, because it's not doing anything for anybody. It's it's just it's just not. It's diminishing Orange Cassidy in the process, and it's mm-hmm. diminishing Bandito. He's probably better off at freaking ROH. You know, you. I mean, it's. I mean, seriously, it's it's that freaking ridiculous. And all of a sudden, they're just best yeah. buddies. And now, and I'm sure you're gonna probably see more of them attached to the freaking hip together. Oh yep. my god, man! And, and this is what's starting dynamite. All right. Again, right from the jump, this should be getting you excited, right? This is what what's. This is why, guys, AEW has the ratings that they have because immediately from the jump. There's no reason why people need to tune into the rest of the night because you're starting off with bullshit like this. This is why See, the numbers in AW are where they are. Yeah, and I'm on. starting to I'm starting to wonder if like may, maybe it's just me or us that have it wrong, right? That that we, you know you go into you expect wrestling to be a certain kind of way, right? There there needs yeah. to be feuds and storylines and whatever, and and that, that's kind of like what we're what we're waiting for. And maybe AEW or Tony Kong just have a different, like that's never what it's going to be. It's it's always going to be just the randomness of of people yeah. thrown together and matches. I don't know. Maybe may, I don't know. Maybe that is what the the model of the show they want to put on. I guess. Um, I don't know. If that's but, that, that's what it's looking yeah. like, honestly. Right. Because I mean, nothing's changing. So everyone and no Tony Khan is just okay with just putting on glorified house show of matches. Yeah. And, and just just again just and throwing title match after title match on your show. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, it could be the case, but still, it's just like you know, and and you know, and that's what and I know. Uh, fans will also say this. Well, well, it's your fault for having high expectations of like. Okay, well, it's like, uh, 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 wow, Brian. The like, expectations aren't that high. It's just like, it's, hey, exactly. tell it's a story, the, build God, a feud. God forbid, right. Brian, that us, we actually want a, a, a solid television show. Yeah. Right? Again, if you wanted to put on just good wrestling matches, like, again, if you want good competition, go watch boxing. Go watch MMA. Go watch – this is a, this is professional wrestling. It's more just about just great matches. And if this is what Tony Khan is doing – then mm-hmm. he, he's fucking ass backwards. That, that's yeah. not just our opinion. That's that's the reality, because that's not what professional wrestling is based upon, nor right. should it ever be. You know, and yeah. that's why. And, and and God forbid, Brian. Like, oh, like God forbid that we actually want a good freaking show. Like, like God forbid that we want good freaking television, and we can't voice out of what's actually wrong and what's actually right you know god forbid let, let's just sit back it's like it's like going to a starbucks right you know you buy a coffee that's freaking like what maybe 12 freaking 15 dollars oh i'll, I'll freaking pay for it right because you know might you might as well right it's, everything is great right oh i just bought my 15 way you could just go to the freaking supermarket and make your own freaking cup of coffee for legit half of the freaking price like yeah it's like oh my freaking god man but whatever but again may- maybe maybe we're the one that's, that, that that's out of touch i, I don't I know that's right it's just so freaking odd backstage adam cole 
uh, goes into uh, his, uh, you know, feud with Chris Jericho and what happened last week. Calls out Chris Jericho. Um, he calls him out to the ring for later in the night. If you don't show up, well, I'll just find you. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and, and right then and there, I'm like, okay, we're getting this aggressive type of mm -hmm. Adam Cole. And I'm like, you know what ways that you can probably go with this if booked correctly, right? Adam Cole's trying to he, – he's calling out Chris Jericho. And like, if you know, it, the, word, the words kind of ring a bell. If you, don't, if you don't show up, then I'll find you, right? Right. A freaking a light bulb should strike in your head. Have Adam Cole, right? Go backstage, try to find this motherfucker, and maybe he runs into the JAS. He gets his he gets his ass whooped or whatever. You know, just get creative, right? Yeah. Just do something like that. And 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 you know what what do they have planned for? Well, we're gonna find out later in the second hour. So we'll talk more about that once we get to it. Um, up next, we have another backstage interview. This was Darby Allen. And Jungle Boy, uh, Darby wants to kind of make amends between him and Jungle Boy. He's like, listen, no, we don't have to like each other, but we should have respect for one another. And he asked Jungle Boy to have his back tonight, you know, uh, of course, in regards to his match against Sammy Guevara later in the night. You know, Jungle Boy obliges. He said, you know, listen, good luck. And, you know, it's like and he he states that I wish it would have been the two of us out there. And then Darby kind of pokes fun, and he was like, you know, I would have beaten you anyway. I would have beaten you again. And they kind of get face-to-face, -face, like a little friendly little face-to-face, -face, I guess, or something along mm -hmm. those lines. Um, and I believe uh, Jungle Boy is the one who walked off. Or no, I'm sorry, Darby Allen walked off getting prepared for his match or whatever. Um, so, yeah, again, we'll, we'll talk more about that, this, this situation, the, you know, the four pillars and everything like that. We'll talk more about that. Uh, in the second hour, um, I, I've expressed my thoughts about this whole situation. Of course, we we know what what this is leading to, and of course, when we and when we go into the the segment in the second hour, it's going to prove our point. I mean, we we know that this is leading into the four pillars, fatal four way. I mean, we knew we knew, and again, it's just to to tell a story through a tournament. Like it's not even a tournament; it's like a three man tournament, whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> yeah. It's just so freaking weird. And there's just so many ways you can go about this, and this whole entire situation is just not just not needed to have four of your active talents, right, or three of your active talents, I should say. MJF is not losing that title, regardless. Right. So don't understand why Jungle Boy, Darby Allen, and Sammy Guevara all need to be in this one segment just to lose to MJF at double or nothing, because that is going to happen, and mm -hmm. it should happen, um, because MJF has no business losing that title for the foreseeable future. Um, so, uh, Brian, if you have any, your thoughts on this whole backstage uh, interview between Darby Allen and uh, Jungle Boy. I mean, it was okay, but it, honestly, my takeaway from it was, um, you know, having those two in a promo together, and then we'll see a little bit later on, there's a, there's a promo with uh, MJF and Sammy Guevara. Um this really highlighted to me that, again, when we talk about the three pillar or the four pillars, um, well, I'll just I'll keep it to the three right now. Sammy, Darby, and, and Jack Perry. Um, you know, all three of them have their talents in the ring, uh, you know, different styles, whatever, but they can all they can all perform in the ring. What separates them right now is their promo and mic skills. And yeah. to me, like Jack Perry and Darby right now just don't have it. Um, they're not 
ready, bro. They're right. That's uh, that's what I mean. Ready. They're just they're just not there. Um, and, like, and we said it last week. It's not like they can't get to that level, right? Right. But right now, it's just like you look at what MJF is doing, and mm-hmm. you and you compare him to these three other talents. It's nowhere close. Like one is up here, the other three are like still in mm-hmm. the mid section. Like th- again, that's no shade. It's just the reality. So, but yeah, Brian, yeah. continue. I would say even with the other three, I mean, while their their in ring work is all pretty much even keel, you know, you, yeah. you take your pick. Tremendous. But where it separates from itself is Sammy's up here with the promos, and and Jack and Darby are down here. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, like you know, I, I don't expect uh, Sammy to win the match, you know, going into the Fatal Four Way or if it was, but it, it just just my opinion. If you're if you're gonna continue this four pillows pillars story, right now at least Sammy's the clear number two guy in that in that out of those yeah. four guys. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There, there's no doubt. I, I can agree to that for sure. Yeah. Um. Of course, we'll we'll get more into that once we get into that match between Darby Allen and uh, Sammy Guevara for that second hour. Up next, we have Dax Harwood, uh, one half of your AEW tag champs, versus Jeff Jarrett, double J, Jeff Jarrett. Match time in length was 12 and a half minutes. My man Jeff Jarrett is like, the guy's what? He's what, 50-something years old? Uh, uh, he's got to be 60. Uh, I would say even like 60. I was going to say, is he 60 I mean, now? He's got to be somewhere. And this dude's it, close to it, on 12, yeah. 12 plus minute matches, bro. Hey, yeah. major pro. Hey, I'm, I'm going to give another round of applause, man. Frick yeah. yeah. And, and the match, the match was actually not bad. The, this was actually best match really, of the night. Best match of the night. Thank you. This is Hands the match. Down. Is this Hands the match down. you're talking about? Yeah. The, seriously, Fuck this yeah. match yep. was freaking damn solid. Um, and, and you know what, guys, guess what? There wasn't a bunch of freaking flips. There wasn't <laughs> nope. a bunch of dives. This was an old school type of wrestling match. And I actually really enjoyed this. Um, and I know it's easy for some reason. It's easy now to pick on Jeff Jarrett. Why? I, I don't know. It's just so odd to me, uh, I guess, maybe because of the TV time that he gets um, in regards to, you know, people being off TV like Eddie Kingston and others. Maybe I don't know. But dude, but yeah. Jeff Jarrett, man, even at his age, man, he's he's doing his thing, and I gotta give him props. Sure. I, I don't mind Jeff Jarrett and some some of the team. And again, maybe I'm in I'm probably in the minority in in regards to this situation. But Jeff Jarrett, if you give me a, a 12 minute match with Dax Hardwood the way it was done last night, I'll freaking take that any freaking day of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, if it leads to something, right? Um, and I mean that's a whole different story as well. Um, so again, match time 12 and a half minutes. Um, video packages are playing in regards to the relationship with, with Mark Briscoe, um, and the Briscoe brothers. I know, of course, you know, Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett, you know, they have their relationships with the Briscoes. Same with mm-hmm. FTR. They have their relationship with the Briscoes. So pretty much that's how everything is tidying up together in regards to this, um, in regards to this situation. Right. Um, so a shoulder, t- even though the match was pretty decent, there was a shoulder tackle. I don't know if you caught this, but. This was right at the beginning of the match. It looked like there was like a shoulder tackle move that looked botched. I think it was uh, it was uh, Jeff Jarrett went, uh, or I think it was Dax went for a shoulder tackle, and I and I think he was supposed to sell it, or I don't know. The timing was off and the chemistry was off at the, right at that moment. I don't know if you caught that. Uh, I didn't catch that one. No, 
Yeah, there, it was like right at the beginning of the match. It was. It just. It, it stuck out to me. I don't know. Maybe it was nothing. I don't know. But it looked botched. Gotcha. The timing just looked weird at that moment. But um, outside of that, the match was damn solid. Um, Sanjay gets involved. He trips Dax underneath his feet, uh, but Dax still, you know, kicks out as that led into a pinfall, and he kicks out at two. Um, you know, Dax is now chasing after Sanjay around the ring, and this leads to a stroke finisher from Jeff Jarrett for the W. So Jeff Jarrett wins this match over Dax Harwood, and guys, that's it. I, again, that guys, that's all I have. So let me get this straight, okay? Again, solid match, right? I, I I praise that. This was a old school wrestling match, and but here's the thing, Brian. That was the only positive light I can I can honestly have. It was a decent old school match, and I'll give it that praise. Uh, more praise than I'll give the freaking Orange Cassidy and Bandito because that's just a freaking hot. That's just a hot freaking mess. Yeah. Um, so seriously, it really is. I mean, people want to cry and bitch and moan with my words, then freaking again hit the bricks if you don't like that. I don't give a shit. This match is what professional wrestling should freaking be. Props yep. to Dax, props to Jeff Jarrett. However, Jeff Jarrett, Dax Harwood losing this match, this guy, he, yeah. he's one half of your tag champions. This guy should not be losing matches. I, I, I don't understand. And this is where I turn this, this situation in a different direction. To me, this match was, it, it was a lose-lose situation, right? I mean, Jeff Jarrett, I mean, I guess maybe Jeff Jarrett can take the pinfall more than more than Dax Harwood because again, Dax Harwood is your is one half of your tag champions. I, I, I don't understand why he's taking a pinfall loss. And I get it. Oh, well, he was distracted by Sunjay. I don't care. This champs champions need to feel like freaking champions. Right? Regardless if it's tag, singles title, it doesn't matter. Like, mm -hmm. it really does not matter. Like, I don't like sacrificing tag champions or tag wrestlers in singles matches and taking – it makes no sense. Because guess what you're going to get on Rampage, guys? You're going to get Cash. You're going to get Cash Wheeler and Jay Lethal <laughs> and Jay, in a one-on-one yeah. -on -one match. This is how we tell a fucking feud in professional wrestling. Oh, let's just – let's have uh, let's have uh, Cash Wheeler against uh, Jay Lethal and, and then Dax Hardwood against Jeff Jarrett. Okay, what's next? That's it. The tag team and match. And they're like, okay. <laughs> and then we'll have the tag, tag team match. match. Oh, that we'll have the tag team match. Let's end it in a DQ. And then at the pay per view, we'll have the rematch. And everyone's just like, okay. And, and that's 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 booking. That's professional wrestling booking. Again, my I have more creativity in this in my fucking pinky finger than these suits and ties do, right? Again, this is again this is childish shit. It it, it shouldn't take a rocket scientist. To understand that a guy like Dax Harwood, who just won one half of those tag titles, and mm -hmm. think he should not be losing a match. It's common sense. But yeah. again, you know, maybe maybe we're the fossils. Maybe we just don't know what the fuck we're talking about. Because this is, again, I, I don't – because nothing – what did this do? I, I, even if Jeff Jarrett, Jeff Jarrett won the match, that's great for him. Like are we, are we more excited about what's going on between these two teams? And in regards to what the situation they have with Briscoe, is anybody excited about it? I'm not. I can give a. <laughs> I can give two flying shits. Seriously. And again, I love FTR. I like Jeff Jarrett, and I love the match. This is why I. I. It sucks for me to say this because this match was damn good. 
but nothing, nothing got accomplished. Nothing got us more intrigued about this feud to begin with. And everything just felt flat. You just have Sanjay just get involved and that's, that's it. So I, I don't know. Nothing led anything up after the match. It, it was just to me, you know, just underwhelming. Very, very underwhelming. Brian, your thoughts in regards to this match? Uh, well, I'll start with saying, you know, by far, this was the best match of the night. Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, well, I, I can definitely hear what you're saying. Um, I guess I'll maybe with an asterisk because it's AEW, like uh, at least, um, at least it is a story and a feud that they're building, you know, yeah. uh, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Mark will be involved in it. Um, and, uh, you know, again, I'm not a big fan of like, oh, you got two tag teams here. Well, we'll do a singles match first and then reverse the opponents of the single match. And right. then you guys have a tag team that's match, all right? Doing. It's, that's all right. That's, so, why, that's why I'm frustrated because yeah. here's the thing about professional wrestling, right? I I I care more about the moments. The moments in a feud. There's no mm-hmm. moments that get you intrigued and wanting to see what happens next, right? It's like any television show, like a cliffhanger or any ending of a segment. Sure. It's like, oh my god, I need to see what happens between this person and this person. You didn't you can't Nobody can tell me you got that same feel after watching this match. Sure, the match was damn good. Trust me, best match of the night. I 100% agree with you, Brian. This was an old-school freaking singles match, and I freaking loved it. But nothing – in regards to the story between Mm -hmm. Dax and Jeff Jarrett, to me, nothing got accomplished because I don't – Yeah, I'm not so – I don't know if it got accomplished, but – I, I, I didn't get more intrigued about this match going into it than I am now after the match. You know what I mean? Right. And again, I just, yeah, I just sure. have to be fair about it. So Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I definitely hear what you're saying. Um, I, again, just given my, I mean, FTR is my favorite tag team. Again, with, with what else you can compare it to in AEW, fuck it, I'll take it. And maybe that's why it gets, it's like slim yeah. picking, so I'll fucking take it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know if I would have had Dax lose in there, but, you know, it was by, you know, Sanjay interfered and, okay, you know, whatever. Um, but really, like, that AEW locker room, man, go watch this fucking match. Like, yeah, I- I'm talking about everything. It's it, like, right, Seriously. no flips, yeah. no dives, no bullshit. And even more than that, you know, everything hit, right? Their elbows, their punches, their everything was clean and crisp and connected. Jeff Jarrett doing um, the strutting. He's strutting yeah. in the ring all over the place. <laughs> so, again, man, that's just, like, give me this any day. Like, even, yes. you know, a fucking back elbow that connects rather than some, you know, oh, I'm going to throw you up for a diamond cutter that I completely fucking miss freaking, anyway. Suicide, you know what I mean? <laughs> a suicide dive that doesn't connect at all, yeah. Because yeah, they have to get so, to the next spot. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Um, so, yeah, this, this match... Um, yeah, I can't say enough about it, man. You know, was it? And I'm sure. You know, I hope it did. Just like I hope the AEW Mark hardcore fans were just losing their fucking minds over this match. But that is a wrestling this match. Is awesome. That's no. Well, they would have been saying this is like because and even they like the audience there. They weren't. It didn't seem like they connected much with it because they didn't. Again, it's not the oohs and ahs, you know. Um, but 
by far is, best match of the night. Man. Yeah, right. They're like, oh, this is boring. Uh, Jeff Jarrett, he's on my right. television screen again. What are we doing? Like, and it's just like yeah. again, their attention spans are a fucking snail, Brian. That's the yeah. problem. They don't. Their attention spans are the size of my freaking pinky finger. <laughs> so. Uh, but, but yeah, yeah, I'm interested to see where it goes. You know, we'll see. And and can it be better? Can it be booked better? For sure. Yeah. Um, but even with all these four guys, with FTR, with Jarrett, and with Jay Lethal, it could be good. That's, absolutely. Those are going to be good wrestling matches. Absolutely. Like, no, period. One hundred percent. Absolutely. I completely agree. Yeah. Because it has potential, and that's why I'm frustrated personally because this could be good. I mean, you yeah. have four tremendous freaking wrestlers. Um. Mm-hmm. You know, one of one of them's in their in almost close to their sixties, right? <laughs> yeah. And the others are, are 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 also not getting any younger. So, you know, don't waste this AEW. Don't waste this opportunity. Make it meaningful. We know the match yeah. is going to deliver. We all four of these these people are tremendous, but mm-hmm. make it meaningful. Don't waste sure. this on some bullshit. You know what I mean? Um, and, we'll, and of course, we'll talk more about this. Uh, you know, in the near future, uh, in regards to this feud, but uh, damn solid, good match. Um, yep. and, and like anything, anything slimmer of good, we'll, we'll freaking take. I guess. Wardlow is in a freaking jobber match against fuckwad Fred, freaking uh, whatever the hell his freaking name is, some jobber from freaking Florida, whatever the hell. Um, yeah. Four power bombs, and that is it. As this match was pretty much in less than, pretty much less than a minute and a half, two minutes. Um, Arn Anderson calls um, he calls Wardlow is of course Arn Anderson now it seems like that little tandem now is pretty much official now that we're seeing it now for the second straight week uh, right. that Arn Anderson and Wardlow are you know a tandem you know Arn Anderson is the manager or or you know so on so whatever to Wardlow um, Arn Anderson he's out there he calls Wardlow you know he he talks about like dynasties right like you know mentioning in sports like dynasties like well ward he calls wardlow an AEW dynasty um mm-hmm. and something along those lines you know he's starting to praise wardlow and his potential what he can deliver in AEW and things like that nature um when christian cage music hits um they're about to enter guys i sh- I-, I shit you not bro like they're about to enter the ring they're they're walking to the ring. Christian Cage, he's walking up the ring and just says, "Oops, just kidding. Let's go to the back." And they guys, they legit just walk to the freaking back. And I'm just like, "I'm sorry, I'm, I'm sorry. This this is what we're doing, Ser- seriously." So they they walk to the ramp and then they just they walk back. That's probably that's probably worse than Seth Rollins just being in the middle of the ring and just <laughs> basking in people singing his song and just fucking leaving. It's 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 legit to that same freaking level. Because, like, yeah. honestly, what the fuck? It, it, listen, it's bad enough, right, this whole TNT side. Like, because they're going to have to book Wardlow times 10 to, to make him feel freaking special. Um, can Orrin Anderson in his corner work? Sure. Is it needed? To be honest with you, no. I, I can name other wrestlers in this, in this, uh, on this roster that – need Arne, a, a, a guy like Arn Anderson more in his corner than Wardlow to be to, to be completely honest with you um but why against Luchasaurus that, I mean that's what it's leading to right Wardlow yeah. versus Luchasaurus for that TNT championship like I don't understand like you have two guys that need momentum that need freaking W's put them in separate feuds and when the timing is right then when they're but when they both have all the momentum in the world, they're the they're the top 
stars in the mid-card division, then they collide at heads, and it makes the match that much more intriguing. But no, freaking as soon as Luchasaurus comes back, immediately put him immediately put him into this TNT title picture. It, it makes absolutely zero sense. And again, Wardlow and Luchasaurus, you would think in a nutshell, take my freaking money. I th- that could legit be freaking fun. But again, AEW finds a way to do little things like I just mentioned to fuck it up. Yeah, because um, that because there's no doubt they're going to rush into this, whether it's on a dynamite or who knows, maybe freaking double or nothing. Um, I, I don't know. Um, again, I just don't trust it. Um, the fact that you're already inserting Luchasaurus into this position already. I don't I just do not trust it at all. And I don't yeah. trust the booking of this title because, you know, they've done so much to F up this the prestige of this title to begin with, you know. Again, they're, they're going to have to prove to me that they actually care about Wardlow's booking and this and this TNT championship as a whole. So, uh, Brian, the floor is yours in regards to the situation with the TNT title, Wardlow, and Luchasaurus. Yeah, um, I don't know. Am I excited to see the match? Not really. Um, I'll tell you, so, I mean, yeah, that was just like a little a minute squash match. <laughs> it was pretty funny after the match, though. Uh, Arn grabs the bike and he's like, Jesus Christ, young man! You're like you're gonna need an ice bath and a twelve pack of beer. Like, <laughs> I thought funny. that was just funny. <laughs> that was funny. Um, I love Arn. I love Arn Anderson. Yeah, awesome. you know, thinking about this, once I saw, well, I mean, we saw it a couple weeks ago with Christian and Luchasaurus. Like, man, I, I kind of wish Arn was like ten years younger, right? Because, yeah. yeah, it seems like you know, well, Christian Cage can still go in the ring. Like this feud, at least, it seems like it's gonna be like. You know, Arn's the mouthpiece for Wardlow and Christian's the mouthpiece for Luchasaurus. That, to me, honestly, probably is going to be the most or one of the most intriguing parts, just them two being in the mouthpiece. And that's why I say I wish Arn was like 10 years younger to where maybe he could mix it up in the, in the ring a little bit more. I, I don't really see that happening. Um, but I think what those two could do on the mic is is could be pretty, pretty good. Um, I'll say this about Luchasaurus, man. Like, I, I don't know how I feel about him, man. Because like the, the gimmick itself is like, you can only go so far with it. It, it you're, it's a fucking dinosaur. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, and, and and also I can't help but think of while I I, I think Luchasaurus's character and his his in ring work might be. Somewhat better especially, and whatever. Yeah, especially with I the can't... whole Jungle Boy feud is kind of pretty much done. Yeah, like the fact that Christian Cage is still in his corner. I don't know. It's it's just yeah. It's 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 very weird. Especially now that we know that Christian Cage is uh you know he's back to a hundred. You know he's been hurt and now he's mm-hmm. back. He's fully healthy. You know. Yeah. You know what? Just have him go on his own. There's still so much he could just do on his own, more than just being a freaking manager. Right. Yeah. And it's the thing. Like, the dude is what? Christian Cage is how old? Probably in his mid forties. He's in his fifties. No, he's, he's in his fifties. Oh, he's definitely he's in his fifties. Yeah. Is he really? God dang. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Him and Edge are both in their fifties. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I know Edge is. I think Edge just turned fifty or so. I think he's gonna be. He's either yeah, maybe, I don't know. Maybe maybe late forties. Yeah, could possibly. Yeah. God dang, that's freaking insane. <laughs> Christian is freaking fit. That is insane. Right. <laughs> Honestly. Um, but like you'll, so here's the thing, right? You'll have a guy like 
Christian Cage be a manager at a Luchasaurus, but Jeff Jarrett is out there in almost in, in his sixties or close to his sixties, wrestling in twelve minute matches. So yeah. why not? Ha- you know what I'm saying? Like, you see how weird that situation is when I make that type of uh, comparison there. So yeah. I don't know. It's just it made sense with the whole Jungle Boy storyline, and but now it's just like you know that's yeah. And I like, and the, I, I like the tandem. I actually I like the right. tandem. It's not that I don't mind it. It's just that to me, it's just it's overstated. It's welcome to me. I, yeah. I, yeah. So I, I completely agree with you. <laughs> At the end of the day, yeah, it's a fucking dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, and, and that it only worked, or it worked to the degree it did because it was Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, yeah. right? Yeah. Now that they're not together, like every time I hear Luchasaurus, and like, do you remember Funkasaurus from WWE? <laughs> <laughs> like that's yes. I just can't I can't not think of that right the Funkadactyls yeah Naomi and freaking yeah. right where Naomi started yeah yeah but um so I just can't think I can't not think of that gimmick and when you have a gimmick like this like it, just just have him lose the mask like we don't know what the guy looks like really so it could be fucking anybody um but a gimmick like that like you, you can only go so far with it like it, it's like the, the boogeyman or something or like in WWE like. Yeah, it, there's only so much you could do, and now it, you're like you're. It's a man dinosaur competing for, like, and competing what? for a championship. Yeah, yeah. It's, so it's, you know that being said, I mean, you know, two guys are there's Wardlow and, and Luchasaurus. I mean, is are they going to do some impressive shit in the ring? Yeah, probably. Um, but do I think this is going to be a feud or a, again, like, I, it's the whole Luchasaurus thing. Like, I can't take it seriously. Yeah. You know, no, I, um, I at least not to be not to be your champion. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah, we'll, we'll see. But I, I expect there there'll be some some good shit from Arn and Christian, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, and that's the thing too, because like I don't know what it's gonna do for Luchasaurus, because he's not gonna win the title. But who knows? Yeah. This this title flip flops so much, he could just <laughs> win the fucking title. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. Seriously, and then right? Wardlow is like once. Oh my god, I can see. Oh my god, I can see it now. He's gonna have it for like fifty two days. He's gonna have it for fifty. Exactly. <laughs> not even that, like forty some odd days. Who freaking knows? That's uh, yeah. I don't know. Again, yeah. like you you mentioned it last week. That's a good title reign for for freaking something. Right, right, this right. Company, so. Well, yeah. so who knows, man, in, re- in regards to this freaking feud. But anyway, moving on. Uh, last part or last segment of this first hour was uh, Sammy Guevara and MJF as they're in a backstage interview. They're like kissing each other's foreheads. Um, okay. And they're just like they're, they, they, they exchange gifts. Uh, Sammy gives MJF like a matching vest, right? The mm-hmm. vest that he freaking wears. And then MJF gives him with his, one of his, uh, his scarves. <laughs> So like they're pretty much wearing matching outfits and like they're hugging each other, like kissing each other on the floor. It's kind of weird. <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna lie, but here's the thing too. Like it kind of it. I don't know what it's. I don't know. It's it's. Cause hear me out, right? It's weird, but at the same time, it fits their personalities. Mm-hmm. It it fits the care. You know. You see what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, even though absolutely. it's kind of weird, and I'm like, and I because I can totally see fans just coming across this and be like, whoa, what? Like these two men, they're kissing each other on the forehead. What the fuck is this? But, but again, it fits. Like if if you were to do this with anybody else, it would be kind of weird, right? Right, but, right. But it, because it's Sammy Guevara and it's MJF, like it. I don't know. There, there's a. You can see. You can see that type of. You know, because obviously there, there, there's a money, there's a money, you know, relationship involved here. So you can kind of see that kind of playing out. 
So in right. that aspect, it's it's I actually I don't mind it because it's kind of it makes sense because you can see these two doing that. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, stage segment. I thought it was entertaining as shit, really. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and like you said, it, it fits both of their characters. Um, and this is where I go back to, you know, after we had that the promo um, with Jack Perry and Darby, and then this promo, again, entertaining as shit. And like in this moment, I was like, all right, they, they made the right call, you know, given Sammy this match, at, you know, against MJF, because that's clearly the right call. Like, you know, again, we can go back and forth if any three of these guys are ready, you know, for that. But of the three, it's definitely Sammy. Um, you know, that being said, uh, we'll see if AEW fucks that up. <laughs> as, as we uh, maybe maybe wait another uh, half hour. We'll Spoiler see. alert, they're probably going to. <laughs> yeah. On to our. But yeah, it was entertaining. Hour. I liked it, man. They, yeah, they, no, they absolutely. It was very entertaining. And again, like I mentioned before, like you can see those those two, like character wise, doing some type of shtick like that. So definitely entertaining. The only thing I would add to it is that at, at some point, like you have to you have to close the story or mention the story of Sammy and JAS like yeah that you know what yeah, i mean like, like you still, have yeah. that has to be addressed yeah, it's, like it's it's really weird it's like Sammy Guevara is completely and the JAS are completely in yeah. two different worlds right now and it's just really yeah it's just very very odd no no, no doubt so i don't know yeah. they, they might not even ever even get to that point to be I know, right? they might yeah. as well just completely ignore that that aspect in regards to Sammy Guevara. So, um, yeah. but yeah, the, there's that, in, at least in that aspect, it, it is very weird for sure. Um, our number two starts off with the finals of the pillars tournament. This was Darby Allen versus Sammy Guevara. MJF on comment was on commentary and he's eating his, his new brand pickles. pickles. <laughs> Freaking Tony Schiavone's. And it was, like, look, <laughs> he's on commentary talking about pickles and it was fucking entertaining man like, <laughs> Bro, this, th- that's what made this match more that's guys that's how good mjf uh-huh. is you put yeah. mjf on commentary and i'm that much more intrigued into a freaking match seriously that's yep. how good this freaking guy is the guy's on he's freaking eating pickles freaking taz is you know he's like he's giving you know uh, pickles to taz tony shivani's like on commentary he's like there's a really good match going on in the ring and we're talking about pickles <laughs> i <laughs> right. just freaking like he gets really freaking aggravated i just freaking love it um so yeah mjf is on commentary he's, he's doing his shtick um sammy guevara he hits a moonsault from the apron onto the outside um, and splits open Darby in the process. MJF is funny going off a commercial like that's my best friend. That's my <laughs> just right. go flipping out on commentary. Um, you know, MJF. He's also the also the the chemistry he has with Tony Schiavone is also freaking awesome. Yeah, uh, the hatred that they have for one another, uh, one one another. It, it's just freaking. It's just freaking great. It's just really awesome. Um, yeah. So MJF is like playing cheerleader or whatever, just cheering Sammy Guevara on. Um, Darby, Darby sets up for a coffin drop. Um, they set a table onto the outside. He puts Sammy Guevara on top of the table, sets up for a coffin drop and Ty Conti or Ty Mello, uh, she gets involved. Um, Sammy Guevara then hits so that, you know, Sammy Guevara gets the upper hand. I should say he sets, uh, Darby Allen on that same table, hits the Spanish fly from the top rope. Um, or 
I'm sorry. He hits the he hits the uh, he hits a 360 splash onto the table. He hit a Spanish fly before then um, mm-hmm. onto Darby Allen. Um, again, decent match. I mean, I'll give it that. I mean, again, yeah. Sammy Guevara and, and Darby Allen. Um, it's pretty much everything that MJF pretty much said in his tweet. Pretty much though. Um, but still, yeah. Darby Allen and, and, and Sammy Guevara. You know, I give kudos where kudos is due. It's a it's a it's it's a decent match. So I, again, I. Even on this platform, I'm always call out when a match is, is at least solid or somewhat decent, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so again, so uh, Sammy Guevara he hits that 360 splash through the table um, onto Darby Allen from the outside. Um, MJF starts making his way to ringside. He stands on the apron and he throws Darby his skateboard. He grabbed his skateboard. Ty Mello is distracting the referee. He throws in the skateboard and then. Uh, Sammy Guevara does his best Eddie Guerrero impression. He starts to sell like he got hit with the freaking skateboard. And the ref calls for the bell via – and then so in a nutshell, Sammy Guevara wins this match via a DQ. Um, MJF and Sammy Guevara, they start uh, they start the 2-1-1 beat, beat down onto Darby. Jungle Boy comes to the aid of Darby Allen. Um, MJF and Sammy Guevara, they, they start retreating up the rampway. And while this is going on, Tony, uh, Tony Schiavone is like talking to Tony Khan in his earpiece, in, at mm-hmm. least in regards to this, dis- in, in, reg- in regards to this situation. Um, Darby Allen is pissed at Jungle Boy, like, you know, talking, saying like, oh, you knew that that was going to happen. You were backstage. Like, where were you? Whatever. I thought you had my back. You know, we talked backstage or whatever. So they're, they're yelling and screaming at one another. Um, you know, MJF starts talking his shit and then freaking Tony Schiavone interrupts, says via Tony Khan, um, you know, there's going to be a tag team match next week with Darby Allen and Jungle Boy versus MJF and Sammy Guevara. If Jungle Boy and Darby Allen win that match, then they will be added to the main event at double or nothing, which will make it a four pillars fatal four-way match and that is probably going to be the case um for that um and i'm going to get my take about that just a second and then mjf and and go and sammy were walking backstage and then they're about to leave the arena like let's get out of here and mjf's like oh no sorry the car the car's full your car the car's full the car's completely empty (laughs) and just drives off and then just drives off and sammy guevara's like okay you motherfucker so that so that relationship was pretty much short lived, um, <laughs> right yeah. right from there it didn't last more than two weeks, um, so yeah that that's that's pretty much pretty much it. So again, guys, we we know what this is going to lead to, um, and I'm going to get my my thoughts about that. But Brian, I'll have you start your thoughts on the match, and you know this tag team match that's going to happen uh, for next week uh, in regards to all four of these men. The the match itself, yeah, it was a solid solid match. Um, what happened after at the end of it? Fucking bullshit, man. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, you you've said it here. You know, we I think we probably both did weeks ago. Like this is going to wind up being a a fatal four way. Um, and no, I don't want to see it. Like at this point, like again, especially after last night, seeing the promos, and we already know what they can do in the ring. Sammy and MJF is your match. Like, that should be the match. If you want to do a feud with, with Jack Perry and Darby, yeah, do that. There's a feud there, right? Or, or, or the, the, the beginnings of one. Um, but you already kind of got a story here where you could go like, okay, you know, Sammy, you were going to get paid off to, to just lay down for, for MJF. And then, you know, that's kind of the plan. Well, you know, I've won, and now it comes to 
the pay-per-view and guess what motherfucker i'm not laying down like that's that's the story you know yeah. Yeah. um so yeah uh to, to now and you know of course you know darby and and jack are gonna win to make it a, a four-way yeah, and uh we, we know that it's gonna happen um so yeah just not a fan i would at, at this point i would have much rather seen just a straight up match between sammy and mjf like yeah, yeah, for sure. That could have just been more freaking entertaining. <laughs> like yeah. the story of like, oh, is Sammy going to freaking lay yep. down for MJF or something? And here's the thing. like, so And you can build a feud Sammy, with, with Perry and Darby. And like, sucks, you can build and that. And what sucks is that Sammy is going to take the pinfall. That's what sucks about oh, yeah. next week. He's going to take the pinfall. So, again, wh- like, wh- and he's going to compete for a title anyway. So what reason is to have – is is what reason is to have this match building up to this fatal four way makes no sense. All of these dudes should be, should be having all of the momentum in the world, but yet they're jungle boy lost a freaking match. I know it was via DQ or whatever, but, or no, or or via distraction from it, from MJF. It was MJF hit that diamond ring on the count out out, or yeah, the count out victory, but it it doesn't make any sense to put these guys in, in matches together these same people that are going to wrestle for the title in a fatal four-way you're going to see the same sequences that they do in a one-on-one match anyway so what is the fucking point it's just going to be like uh, the the match next week is going to be 100 percent like you know uh you know Jack and Darby don't trust each other, and now MJF yeah. and Sammy don't trust each other. Can they coexist? Can they coexist? Right. <laughs> yeah. uh, yep, the that's what it w- is. The old page out of WWE's playbook. Can they coexist? <laughs> that's what we're For doing, sure. guys. That is the freaking, that's the story that we're playing. Yep. Gotta love it. Oh, what a mess. <laughs> again, this all just, again, this to me, again, just to wrap it all up into a bow, and we'll talk more about this you know, next week and leading into Double or Nothing, but to me, this is just, this whole entire Four Pillars thing is just not needed. I, I'm, I stick by that. There yeah. are so many other ways that you can have MJF, you know, have a title defense and against a person that doesn't hurt them in, in defeat and still... Mm-hmm. Have something for Darby, Sammy Guevara, and Jungle Boy in the process, right? Right. Instead, but no, let's just throw everybody, everybody out there, and then <sighs> just lose the match. Okay, then, 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 then what? Right? Yeah. It, it just does not make any freaking sense at all. Yep. So, Adam Cole, he enters the ring. His music hits. He calls out Chris Jericho. My man is freaking amplified to the core. He's like, you know, he's like, enough of this. Chris Jericho, get your ass out here. I ain't got all day. And then, you know, he start. and then, you know, first he wouldn't come out. And then uh, Adam Cole's just like, all right, I'll just come find you. And as soon as he says that, Jericho's music hits. However, he shows up on the Titan Tron and he, he kind of like, he plays like that, uh, <laughs> that, you know, that, that character where like, oh, like, how could you, how could you watch Rick Baker get beaten down <laughs> yeah. like that last week? Like that type of freaking heel, like that freaking heel yeah. trying to put the blame on, on, on the baby face, right? Make it, you know, make it like, you know, he's at fault, right? I, I freaking love that little, little turn there. Again, that's how good freaking sure. Chris Jericho is. So I like that aspect of it. However, things start to get a little bit out of control. Um, so he talks about, listen, I don't want to be anywhere near that ring with you, but my guys will. And the JAS start to walk. They hit the ring. Um, and the four-on-one attack 
on Adam Cole is on. However, Orange Cassidy and Bandito, if you didn't get enough of them in, in the start what? of the show, here they are attached to the why? saving why? again. Wh- again, why? Why? Yeah. Why? And why? Um, to, yeah. no, to even the numbers <laughs> or even some of the numbers. They still oh, yeah, yeah. No, I get that, but yeah. Yeah, it's still it, it, it still makes no sense. It's just, oh, yep. like who can we throw out there? Uh, Orange Cassidy and Bandito, they're a te- they're a team now after their little mutual respect. <laughs> there, just go out there, just just yeah, go out there. We right. have nothing else for you. Just go out there. Um, so they try. They come to the aid um, to Adam Cole, and then Roderick Strong, guys. Yes, Roderick Strong. That name should sound familiar. Former WWE talent, Roderick Strong, who is now All Elite, by the way. He his music hits. Um, he hits the ring, making his official AEW debut. Um, he pretty much just takes out the JAS um, mm-hmm. by himself. Um, as the JAS retreat to the back, Adam Cole and and Roderick Strong stand tall, and and Orange Cassidy Bandito they just roll underneath the ring ropes. They roll out of the ring, and that is your segment. So Brian, I'll have you start. And I'll give my take about this because there's some stuff I do want to say. Uh, your thoughts in regards to this whole feud with Adam Cole and Chris Jericho and the debut of Roderick Strong being in AEW. Yeah, uh, I mean, the feud itself uh, that's developing here, yeah, I'm on board with that. I like it. Um, you know, Cole and Jericho together in a feud, definitely want to see that match. Um, you know, as it gets into the segment here, um, you know, the beat just. <laughs> The, 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 it's just the Bandito and Orange Cassidy thing. Like, why did they fucking come out there? Like, I mean, they have no connection to Adam Cole whatsoever, as far as I know. Um, so, yeah, they, it was just, like, super lot. weird. They do that yeah. a lot I mean, the, Like, they'll just have random freaking baby faces just go out there when they have no connection yeah. to the person that's getting beat up whatsoever. Yeah, it's just, again, just so right. freaking weird. Just random AEW type of shit, man. So the Roderick Strong thing, you know, I can get behind that, um, you know, because what was the the group they were in in uh, NXT? Undisputed, what were they called? Undisputed Era. Undisputed Era, yeah. Um, so, you know, there's a history of the connection there. I mean, I, I can get on board with that, and that's fine. Um, and, and glad to see, you know, Cole's got some backup here, at least with Roderick Strong. Like, I don't – I hope, like, Orange Cassidy and Bandito aren't now – you know, thrust into this story here as backup for Adam Cole. Like, I, it just, it doesn't make sense. Um, mm. The Roger Strong thing does, but yeah, so I, I don't know where they're going with that. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, I know, what, what's the other, the guy's name that was with AEW for a while? It, it was another guy in Undisputed Era. Um, well, there was O'Reilly and... Uh, Bobby Fish. Well, Bobby Fish. Um, so I think... Bobby Fish might have left AEW, right? And O'Reilly, I don't know if he's injured or if he yeah, left too. I, I don't know. Yeah, see, and that's that's where that's where my take about this is. Clearly, it seems like they want to try to do some semblance of an undisputed era type of right. match versus the JAS. So, he, here's like my, not with yeah. fucking Bandito and Cassidy. Jesus Christ, man! <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, no, I mean, no doubt. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that shit out, but. Uh, but yeah, no doubt that would be. <laughs> but here's the thing: I we could just see, we can clearly, we can see just Orange Cassidy, Bandito, and Adam Cole 
in a in a freaking six man tag with freaking Jericho and the JAS. We could see it now, yeah. right? That's gonna happen next week on Dynamite. Just freaking watch. Or trios tag, point, baby. Good trios tag. What's what's AEW <laughs> without a good old trios tag, right? Right. Um. So here's where. So no doubt. Um. Adam Cole and Chris Jericho, right? Singles feud. No doubt. This can be fun, and I thought the mm-hmm. segment last week was fine too. But here's where I have a different take about things, right? The first thing I want to mention is Roderick Strong. I like Roderick Strong. Um, I have tremendous respect for the dude. Um, he has more experience, by the way, than I think people give him credit for. This dude yeah. has been in business for, or has been in the industry for a very long time now. The dude's like in his what? He's got to be in his 40s by now, right? Probably or somewhere yeah. close mm-hmm. to it. Maybe in his late 30s, early 40s. Um, so, but here's the thing, like I always mention AEW and, and, and overblowing their roster with talent. Again, you're signing another AEW talent when, again, where are you fitting all these people? I mean, yeah, Roderick Strong's going to have a place that's great for him, but what about everybody else on your roster, bro? Like this, yeah. this roster is so overflowed with talent. It is fucking ridiculous. How many times do you got a freaking, you got to sign talent until you put up the board until you put up a freaking, a, 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 a billboard saying we're not hiring anymore. Seriously, like enough. Yeah. How much talent is like too much talent? I, I don't have it. There's been some rumblings, right? Haven't they been talking kind of about like a brand split sort of where, you know. I mean, that's the only saving grace that you can have. Yeah. I, I mean. But then you, again, like I, I, you better book both. Their, I, I, I don't know. Because they got like, Rampage now, right? That nobody watches. That nobody watches, right. Um, but if you yeah. make it prestigious and you do a brand split maybe, uh, then that, yeah. that's maybe the only thing that I can think of. Because where are you fitting all these people? Like where they're are not. you fitting? <laughs> I mean, they're not yeah. exactly. There's yeah. nobody you you can't fit all of these people onto your shows, right? And this is mm-hmm. what Tony Khan and AEW does. You'll see one person for one week, you won't see them for another two weeks, right? Freaking House of Black, where are they where are they been? Exactly. Have you House of Black, last? where are they at? They're holding freaking <laughs> titles. Yeah, that's really helping them a lot. They're holding on the titles, yeah. and they're not even part of the show. Uh, Miro, where the frick is Miro? Orange, uh, yep. freaking Lance Archer, freaking made his return on on freaking Rampage. Nowhere to be found. Freaking Eddie Kingston. Keith I Lee. Can't tell you the last time. Keith Lee. Freaking I mean, was, was in the main event of Dynamite, and he's nowhere to be found this week. Yeah. Nobody feels special, guys. It's like when when is enough enough? And is mm-hmm. Roderick Strong really gonna move the freaking needle? And listen, no. you know what my reaction was, Brian. Oh, oh, Roderick Strong. It's good to see Roderick Strong. Right. No, nobody's yeah, gonna too. say like, oh my God, it's Roderick Strong. <laughs> Holy shit. No, no, nobody's doing that, guys. No, no, no. Yeah. I guarantee you, nobody is having that reaction. So, how far is Roderick Strong moving the needle? And and I'm gonna end it with this because I do want to move along here. Like the JAS. <laughs> An undisputed era. I, listen, I, I, I'm not, I'm not on board with that. Um, here's why. I, I listen. The undisputed era. Like, I, I don't like these, these tandems that AEW put together that somewhat worked in WWE, and now you're right. trying to rekindle that in in your company. It's just yeah. like let the undisputed, let like the undisputed era is done. Like, 
I, I don't need to see that anymore, honestly. Like, let Adam Cole just be Adam Cole by himself. Tell the mm-hmm. story between Adam Cole and Chris Jericho, and that's it. I don't need to see Roderick Strong added into it. I, I don't need to see Kyle O'Reilly come back and Bobby Fish and, and do Undisputed Era and the JAS. I, I don't need to see I, – guys, yeah. I don't need to see it. I, just, a lot of groups would for sure prefer this to be just Jericho and Cole. Just yeah, Jericho absolutely. And, and, and Adam Cole. Like, they're, like, like, why do we need to add a bunch of motherfuckers into this situation? It's yeah. so freaking dumb. But this is what happens when you overblow your talent with people. We have to put every single – almost every single male talent on your roster and throw them all into one segment. That's the only way you can get people TV time. But it's doing yeah. nothing but diminishing the, the company – and diminishing the talent itself. Before we move on to the next segment, Brian, your thoughts about that? Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, I mean, I, I, I was just throwing out names there because obviously the JAS is a faction. Yeah. You know, obviously Coles, you're, you're going to throw them back up, you know, whatever. But yeah, I would much prefer this to, just to be, you know, Jericho and, yeah. and Cole. Um, Again, it's, it's overstated. It's welcome. It, it like it's, yeah. it, there's nothing else like the undisputed era. It, it it had its moments in WWE. I don't need to see that Walmart version of that faction in AEW because it's not especially gonna... if you're putting Bandito and Cassidy in there. Like oh yeah, that's God. that that's like a you that's know, a that's bro, a it would not that's a dollar me. store version. <laughs> it would not shock me if Orange Cassidy and Bandito, those freaking two, are going to be inserted into a, a like I said a trios match or some sort of that nature, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I don't need to see it, no, nor does anybody else. It's right. not going to have the same feel. The Undisputed Era did what they did in NXT, and it was special, right? Like, And that's that's what it should just be. Like, Just yeah. let Adam Cole just be Adam Cole. I want to see mm-hmm. this dude on a singles run and be by himself and see what this dude can do. Like, yeah. Just enough with Roderick Strong. Uh, again, and, and, not, and again, listen, if you want Roderick Strong to be a part of your company, fine. And, and, you know, and I'm sure this company fits, you know, it suits him well, you know, this style of, of, you know, of professional wrestling, right? So, which is fine. But, like, this Undisputed Era shit, like, no. It, it doesn't need to happen. There's no need. There's, there's no yeah. there's no reason. So, oh, man. Up next, we have Powerhouse Hobbs um, in QT, QTV and little – you know, the whole TMZ type of shtick, right? So Powerhouse Hobbs, he's furious of losing the TNT title. He's pretty much screaming in QT Marshall's face to pretty much to tell him to fix it, fix it and figure it out. And QT talks about a, a plan B. So I don't know if that plan B is just to have another freaking match with Wardlow, which nobody needs to freaking see at all. Right. Or maybe this is in regard to another championship that, yeah. that AEW has. So I don't know. Um, Again, same with Wardlow, Brian. They're gonna have to do a lot to, to, to get to for me to give a shit about Powerhouse Hobbs again after how this man was done so fucking dirty alongside yeah. Wardlow because Wardlow did not look any better winning that freaking championship. So, um, uh, before we get into the TBS championship match, um, your thoughts on Powerhouse Hobbs and you know. What do you think that you know AEW has in store for him, or anything at all, to be quite honest? Yeah, I have no idea what what Plan B means. Um, I mean, shit. I I hope it has nothing to do with Wardlow, because yeah, I I don't know a triple threat now with him, Luchasaurus, and Wardlow. I I don't know. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It put uh, again, like we've said before, th- this okay. The, the title's on Wardlow right now. Just let him have a fucking run with it, or let anybody. If it's Wardlow, if you want to put it on Hobbs or whoever the person is, just give them a fucking run with the title and build a feud or two. Exactly. Um, other than that, I mean, yeah, I don't know where Hobbs goes or, or what QT Marshall's talking about, but we'll see. <laughs> that is right. We shall see. All right, y'all. TBS Championship match. Jade Cargill, your TBS champion, versus Taya Valkyrie. Match time in length was eight minutes. Uh, by the way, Jade's entrance, like the lighting and everything, Mm-hmm. freaking badass man i really do enjoy jade cargill's presence because that is a big factor like people always just say like oh like all they have is the look like that's all they have or like first of all jade it's jade has more than just the freaking look she's actually gotten better and better yeah. her, her 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 you can tell her confidence the way she carries herself even her matches are somewhat decent they're not great Right, but again, she doesn't need to be great. She doesn't need to put on great technical wrestling matches. She needs to be freaking Jade Cargill. Um, but again, you know, it you know it also depends on if they put her in, you know, interesting shit, <laughs> which right. they've also refused to do for months and months now. Uh, but that freaking entrance was so freaking cool, man. I mean, there's so many such you know stuff that I can come up off the top of my head in regards to Jade Cargill. Just seeing that entrance. Uh, from her, the lighting and stuff. She just looks so freaking cool. Uh, shout out to Jade Cargill. She's freaking awesome. And I'm actually, mm-hmm. and I'm sure I'm in the minority of this, but I love this freaking undefeated streak. Now, it's kind of starting to kind of like maybe run its course because to me, I, I don't even know if this company knows who that person is going to be to defeat Jade Cargill yet. I, yeah. I, I don't even think they know. Now, you would probably think maybe Britt Baker because she's a baby face now, but to me, you know, that would be maybe the easy decision. But I don't know. To me, like, Britt Baker defeating Jade Cargill, I don't know. To me, it has to be somebody. Yeah. And maybe, again, maybe it's 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 also kind of similar similar fate that we talked about with Cody Rhodes. Like, maybe this is somebody who is not yet in the company yet. I don't know. Um, but I don't know. To me, like, Jade, like, Britt Baker would be too much of an easy kind of lazy decision for me to bit to book jade cargill but we'll talk more about that um in, in the foreseeable future but um so mark sterling and layla gray um they're at ringside valkyrie valkyrie goes for the jaded finisher you know obviously the whole feud is like oh like you can't use my finisher like that's my finisher i don't care well i will stop it because i said so and then lawsuits and then freaking all this other crap right, right? so and so the stipulation is that if Valkyrie uses the jaded finisher, then she'll lose the match. Like she'll get disqualified or whatever. Um, so the referee, like she reminds her, like she's about to go for the finisher, and then you know she hesitates. Like the referee's like, "Whoa, oh, if you do it, I'm gonna have to disqualify you. You know the stipulation." And then Cargill, Jade Cargill, rolls up Taya Valkyrie with the awe-inspiring, devastating roll-up for the w um and obviously this this clearly states that this feud is not done you're gonna probably see this match again probably at double or nothing or sometime in the foreseeable future so Mm -hmm. i don't and this is what i mean brian about having the the prestige of a title match is is complete garbage as well because like it does like you're you're having a title match just to have the rematch you know 
later on in, 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 the, in the foreseeable future and weeks to come, right? So, like, why have the match? It, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Like, why don't you continue to build the story leading up to the pay-per-view? It's just so odd. Um, so there's yep. not much I can say to it. I love Jade Cargill. This feud could be interesting, but, you know, good old freaking Tony Khan. They just, he just doesn't know how to book this women's division at all. So, uh, Brian, your, your, your thoughts in regards to this TBS title match. Those were kind of my first thoughts. Like, why are we seeing this match right now on Dynamite? Like, um, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a fan of both of these, Valkyrie and, and um, uh, Cargill. Um, you know, I just kind of think that, like, so this whole streak that she's been on, right, there's never been anybody really that formidable or, or oh. that that much of a challenge for her until now, until you got Valkyrie here. Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah, why, I don't know. It, it just speaks to the lazy booking of it, right? I wouldn't have had this match yet. I, I would have continued to build this feud to a pay-per-view. Because um, now you've already had Valkyrie, Valkyrie lose cleanly. Um, and the whole way they they ended the match, like, okay, the, the, the move stipulation, well, she tried it twice in the in the match. Like, okay, yeah. like, you know the stipulation, stipulation, you know you can't use it. Right. But you go for it once, the ref reminds you, you know, reminds you, okay, you so do you don't twice. do it. And it's then like you do it a second it's like, time. Okay. It's like one time, it's like, okay, fine. But then the second time, I'm like, okay. like. What, and then what, to what be, like, happening? rolled up afterwards, it just, yeah. yeah, the ending of the match was fucking horrible. So like, um, like over okay. a pretty pretty decent match, and like I it said, was okay. yeah, it was it was not bad match at all. It was decent. Yeah. So like, so let's say if if the if the plan is to put the title on Taya Valkyrie, how special is it going to be when she lost to the same person? I know. In the right. middle of your dynamite, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, who knows? Maybe she's not the person, but if she is, yeah, maybe not. What right. sense does that make? You're building this undefeated streak to be to be to be beaten by some by, by somebody. Somebody is going to beat this streak. And if sure. it's Taya Valkyrie, why did she have to take a loss? Right. I don't understand. What yeah. sense does that make? Just make it make sense, bro. Make yeah. it meaningful. It just uh, – that's, that's what's my thought exactly. Like it, it, this – if this is where you're – whether she's the person that's beating her or not, at this right. point, like – Right. Again, like I said, she's the first person – you know, comparable in size and stature that could actually, you know, at least presentation wise, give Cargill, a, you know, be a threat to Cargill, right? Absolutely. It's the first person that you, you've put Cargill in with. Um, so, yeah, like make it a fucking feud. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, but, you think it's, I mean, it's, it's pretty, you know, it's not that freaking hard. I always say that. It's like, just, just make it simplistic, man. You don't have to move yep. mountains. Just make it simplistic. But I guess that's too hard for Tony Khan. It's like, yeah. again, he's like a robot that just malfunctions because like <laughs> the more he uses his brain as well as other suit and ties back there, their, their head smokes. Like it's, <laughs> and I got to say this other thing too, just speaking about moves and spots. Why the fuck did Cargill do a Canadian Destroyer? Like, why? Why was that in the match? Like, no, I mean, you know, no, no she shade to Cargill, to, whatever. Right? Exactly. It just to, doesn't do it. It was like, oh and it was an okay match, and then you're gonna all see of a sudden, Omos like, do a Canadian Destroyer at some point. You might see it fuck. against Seth Rollins. <laughs> I just painted a gonna, really bad no. image in everybody's head. <laughs> Oh, 
He's got to do it to a guy like uh, Strowman or something, though. Freaking like, uh, <laughs> Strowman. Freaking uh, uh, who's another like big man now? Freaking because uh, I mean, I mean, we've already seen yeah, Strowman. That pretty like, much is pretty much it. Way. Yeah, maybe. Oh, God. Otis, maybe I don't know. <laughs> Otis. <laughs> o- Otis, right? Yeah. Otis, yeah. yeah. Anyway, moving but, on. Uh, but yeah. unless you unless you have more final thoughts, fine. No, that was it. I, I just think they kind of. They could have done the storyline a lot better and built a feud and yeah, and and again the 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 worst part was the ending of the match like that was just ridiculous. Yeah, it's but. just freaking stupid. But again, shout <laughs> out to Jay Cargill. I freaking I'm actually yeah. starting to slowly become or lately you know because of this TBS Championship reign I'm slowly starting to really enjoy her her work um, and just just her presence and how she's just evolved. Um, I just have a mm-hmm. tremendous respect for Jade Cargill, so shout out to her. Um, up next, backstage, Britt Baker sends a message to the Outcasts. You know, they really, you know, they zoom in on her her black eye. You know, nice the, shiner. Uh, you know, the nice little shiner that she got from the beatdown from the Outcasts last week. Um, you know, she says we. She's like we consider ourselves. You know, of course, she's standing side by side with your uh, your women's champion. You know, that's irrelevant. This women's division, guys. That you know. Britt Baker is cutting a promo in a feud, and her little sidekick is the raw is the AEW. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, yeah. You can't make it. You, you can't make it up. Uh, you you really really can't. So, but but anyway, she says that you know we consider ourselves decent human beings, but unless you give us a reason not to be, and then Jamie Hader goes on to say like you know you guys have started a war, and this whole feud is far from over. So again. I'll keep this short and sweet. The only thing that's really intriguing me about this whole situation is the potential feud between Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker. That's really it. That's the only thing that's making me somewhat give a shit about right. this entire situation. Because this whole thing with the Outcast, it's it's a it's a dud. There's nothing like the out. They're supposed to be this dominant trio. They weren't even on the freaking show, which is just weird as it is. I, mm-hmm. I don't I don't understand that logic. You, you you need to continue that momentum. You know they had a vicious beatdown, but no Tony yeah. Khan. You know he does he doesn't have a creative bone in his fucking and, and has a creative freaking just aura in his fucking pinky finger. Um, it's just ridiculous, man. So, uh, that that's really all I have, man. Just again, I just hope that maybe some semblance of a storyline between Brit and Jamie Hader when they turn on each other that it, it it's meaningful and they actually put some time and care and effort into it. So. Uh, Brian, your thoughts before we get into the main event? Yeah, I mean, the promo was meh. You know, it was all right. But, yeah, it was. I don't have anything to add to it, really. Yeah. <laughs> it was okay. It's, it's, there's nothing. Yeah, it's just it was yeah. the, the, the promo was freaking like, what, like 30? Oh, no, not even, well, I'd say more than 30 seconds, like a little over 30, like yeah. 60 seconds, somewhere around there. So, uh, but we'll see. Uh, but that's the only intrigue I have in, in regards to that situation. So, main event time. This was... Kenny Omega versus Take a Shitta versus versus the Butcher and the Blade. Match time was under nine minutes in length. Brian Danielson is on commentary. Uh, Takeshka wins this match via a power running knee. I believe it was to the Blade. Uh, the Blade took the pinfall in this match. Uh, Brian Danielson gets on the mic and he legit like just butchers his lines and botches yeah. his lines. Yeah. Uh, I love Brian Danielson. You know, there's there's times where he is decent on the microphone, but he completely he, he stutters, it he botches, he fumbles his yeah. lines. 
mid promo. Um, and as he's talking, you know, he, he continues to, he see, he says along the lines of, I see a pro wrestler and I see an amateur who just looks tired and exhausted. So again, overemphasizing right. the word amateur, uh, the, the Blackpool combat club, they come out, they attack Omega and Takeshka. Um, you know, they continue that beat down as well. Danielson hands mocks the screwdriver, the, the screwdriver that, uh, they, they attacked hangman Adam page with. The Young Bucks come out. They come to the aid. Um, Omega looks to use the screwdriver. So now Moxley's in the ring. They've, they've cleared. They cleared the ring. Moxley's left in the ring. It's the Bucks and, and Omega. Um, Omega grabs that screwdriver or handed by Matt Jackson. They're about to use it onto John Moxley. And Takeshka, Takeshka stops him. And he's like, he kind of begs him not to do it. Um, he's like, listen, don't go down that route. You don't need, we don't need to go down this road. Or, or I'm guessing it's somewhere along that line. Um, mm-hmm. you know, listen, you know, we don't need to go down this road. And while that's happening, uh, Claudio and Wheeler Yuta, they, they get the upper hand. They take out, uh, the elite. And now it's Takeshka against the rest of the Blackpool combat club. And now, you know, and, and this is where I talked about Brian, potentially Takeshka, joining the Blackpool Combat Club. You saw some little seeds planted. You know, Brian Danielson's trying to recruit the dude and freaking Takeshka's having none of it. And then Brian Danielson's like, well, you made your choice, buddy. He freaking grabs out that screwdriver and just freaking just drives it into the freaking head of Takeshka. Takeshka's bleeding uh, all over the freaking place. Um, meanwhile, the Omega and the Elite, there were taken out beforehand. And yeah, the Blackpool mm-hmm. Combat Club, they walk up the rampway. The BCC stand tall. Um, the elite do get back in the ring. They try to come to the aid of Takeshka, but the damage has already been done. And that is it. The BCC, they continue to be freaking booked. Pretty damn freaking solid, Brian. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed this freaking this freaking group. Um, could have been this been booked better, sure. Um, but just the way Black the way the BCC just feels and comes off the screen they feel special they don't have to talk a whole lot you know they don't they just they do damage with their their physicality right Mm -hmm. um i like it it fits their persona it fits everybody in that group and i like the fact that takeshka there's now finally now you're not just throwing takeshka in a random freaking match you're finally putting him into hopefully with the bcc because that is where he fits best that's where his ring style fits best, and he needs he needs a change. He, the aura of his character needs a change, and what better way to do that than with the BCC? So I like that aspect, and who knows that 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 uh, that aspect could could happen. You know, Takeshka could be yeah. a part of the BCC. Who freaking knows? Unless they go uh-huh. in a completely freaking different direction. Um, so yeah. Um, Nothing, you know, nothing that's, you know, great, but I'm not going to say that this was bad. I mean, this was, it was okay. It, it was decent. Um, right. Not something that I wouldn't honestly end the show with, if I'm being completely honest with you. Um, but I don't mind it. Um, I, I don't mind it at all. Um, I, I just hope that there's just a long-term plan for this situation. Again, I just don't trust this company as far as I can throw them to get mm-hmm. this situation right. However, so far, the booking of BCC has been done well. You know, even though we have our takes about Takeshka and things of that nature, it seems like they're starting 
to you know to put him into a situation where we can gravitate towards him and yeah. you know you have omega and the elite even though to be honest with you to me the elite as a whole trio i really don't have that much care for them as a team i want the young bucks right. to just be the young bucks and i want kenny omega just to be kenny omega that that's really yeah. it um so hope hopefully you know at some point in time that's the case in regards to they could these two can just be in their separate ways and just be done with you know because again that's where they that's where they shine the most is by themselves sure. as a group especially the way they've just been booked it's just underwhelming to me it just is yeah. it just does not hit um it had its place during kenny omega's oh. heel run as as aw champion but now it's just run its course but uh but who knows i mean it has potential and i'm willing to give it a chance so we'll see what happens but uh brian your final thoughts uh with this main event I'm, you know, ultimately, I mean, the match itself, you know, it was okay. You know, glad to see the Butcher and the Blade out there. Um, don't see them Taking a loss. too often. <laughs> Taking a loss, yeah. Taking a loss. Um, the match was okay. Um, uh, yeah, this this feud overall between the Elite and the uh, Blackpool Combat Club, like, yeah, I'm holding out hope that they're, they're, they really have a long-term story in, in mind here because I'm with you while – well, you know, BCC attacked Takeshita, you know, last, last night. And so you would imagine like, oh, well, Takeshita is now with the elite and whatever. Whoever wins this feud, it, like this, I, I kind of feel like this whole feud in general is kind of being put together to make Takeshita a star. Because I think whoever, whoever wins this feud, whether it's the BCC or the elite, is going to hinge on where, where Takeshita is. And I think that's kind of what they're trying to do here. I, I could be way off. The BCC um, this, man. If, if that's the case. No, I, I think so. Yeah. I, I think this is how it's going to, you know, go for a little, however much longer. Again, hopefully they, they build this to somewhat of a long-term story. Because I, I feel like, the again, fantasy booking, the way it should be done now is, okay, the BCC just attacked Akeshta. So now it's the elite you know, versus the BCC and you'll see them feud back and forth for, you know, a month to whatever, however long it may be, but everything is going to hinge on Takeshita turning and going with the BCC. Yeah. And I, I, I agree with you. I think that's where he should be. Um, if that's the, if that's the route they're going and they're already trying to tell the story and again, it would be a big swerve because, like, why would why would Takeshita end up with the BCC after what they just did? But I think with the storytelling and the the professional versus amateur and the different styles, like I can see, you know, a month two down the road of continually getting your ass kicked by the BCC or whatever, Takeshita has one of those moments where, like, no, nah, these are the guys who I'm supposed to be with, right? And anyway, that's again just fantasy booking on my my part, but. If you're doing long term long term storytelling, um, this again, this has the potential to be good. I I kind of think now that this is all in starts really to get you know uh, uh, to elevate Takeshita because um, everybody else involved is pretty much all already there. It, it, I mean, you could make the argument against Claudio or Wheeler, but everybody inv else involved is already main event status um 
So yeah, and if it goes that route again, depending on how you book it and the story you tell, could be really, really good, man. Absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, and listen, I'll give it a chance. You know, I always, I always yep. give, I always give feuds a chance, man. If you, if you give me something to, to gravitate towards, I will give it a freaking chance. So at least yeah. so far, uh, that's what they've done. Has it been perfect? No. Has it been great? No. Yeah. But there, there, there's potential with it, and and we'll sure. see where it goes. So. And in regards to the show itself, again, it's just another typical AEW show. And the ratings prove that. Today, their, their, their rating was, was 863,000, uh, uh, pretty much the same number that they had two weeks ago on uh, April 12th when they hit 866,000. So, again, the inconsistency, guys. You know, and immediately, and I'm telling you, as soon as you hear Orange Cassidy's theme music hits, you are immediately turned off and you want to either watch the NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs. There's so many. I'm sure there's a bunch of freaking bunch of other shit that you want to want to watch yeah. than freaking Orange Cassidy and Bandito in a in a freaking match. <laughs> um, right. So immediately. And that's what I mean, guys. The ratings and the numbers freaking matter. And what the ratings tell that AEW is still just good old freaking AEW. That, y'all, ladies and gentlemen, is another episode of Ruthless Talk. Thank you guys once again for tuning in. This was AEW Dynamite. This was April uh, 26, 2023 in Sunrise, Florida. Once again, thank you guys for tuning in, whether you're on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. We want to appreciate you guys for tuning in every single episode um, and also for future episodes to come. Saturday is going to be a very special edition of the show. Of course, we're going to talk some Friday Night Smackdown. We're going to talk about the draft. There's a lot to get into uh, in regards to that. Of course, another edition of our top five wrestlers of this week. But we have a very special guest that is going to come on to the show. Uh, we are very excited to have that person on board. As I know that that person is excited as well, as well as you, Brian. Um, as, mm -hmm. And of course, I am extremely excited to have this person. This person is an active wrestler. Again, I don't want to. I want to keep the person a mystery to you know keep people on their toes and and make make you guys want to tune in. So if you want to know who that person is, you got to tune in to Saturday's episode to find out who that person is. So. Make sure you guys stay tuned for that. Of course, continue to follow on our socials. Continue to follow us on TikTok and Instagram. That is ruthless underscore talk, as well as join our Facebook group um, that is now well over 60 members. Let's continue to raise that number up, spread the word, continue to join the community, and let's continue to grow this platform day by the month, by the week, by the freaking year. So that is going to do it for today's episode. Brian, your final thoughts before we end this. Yeah, just looking forward to the uh, interview we got coming up Saturday. Of course, it'll be uh, definitely interesting to see. We'll, we'll talk about the fallout of the draft. So, uh, man, who knows Who knows how that's going to go down, man. Who but, uh, freaking knows. Yeah, who <laughs> right. Knows. But you know what it's going to be, Brian? It's going to be good shit. <laughs> <laughs> right. Thank you guys for tuning into this episode. My name is James Forcelli. I'm Brian Thomas. And we are both signing off saying salute. Peace out. And take care, everybody.